This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Monday, March 11th. Yeah, Yeah, it is. This is episode 242. 242. What is it? What is it called when you can go forward or backward on something? Um, Uh, Well, it's... I can't remember. Car? No, I don't know. No, like race car, you can do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, yeah there, well, there's a thing with certain words where you can. Yeah, it's the same spelled forward. Pa- is palindrome? Yes. Yes. Okay. But does I was that like that. For... That's the word that's popping into my head, but I wasn't sure if it was. Well, right. I, I know that goes for words, but does it also work with numbers? Is it still considered a palindrome? Sure. Okay. Yay. Numbers are just different letters. <laughs> symbols, <laughs> different symbols, maybe. Uh, I'm Dan Ellis. Yes, and, you are, and we're we're here in the doing the thing in the show. Yeah. I'm Orion. Duffy. We're we're all here this week. Yeah, uh, I'm Orion Duffy. Hey, what have you guys hey. been doing for the past couple weeks? Oh, it's been exciting. Yeah, uh, but my glasses are fogging up again. Mother, you're too hot. I am. I don't know what to tell you. Fucking steaming this place up. <laughs> and I there's was... still sun out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's a good thing. Fuck mm-hmm. daylight savings time. I like daylight savings. I don't fuck standard time. We should stay on this, this time. This time, yeah. yeah. Stay here, not yeah. change it again. Yeah. But uh yeah, last week I was working uh behind the scenes on that a Netflix trailer. A Netflix trailer? Well, uh like not a trailer, like a uh pilot episode. Pilot? Yeah. So by behind the scenes, do you mean like crawling around behind the curtains, like trying to get a peek? Well, at... I was filming all the behind the scenes oh, stuff. Oh, you were to... working there. Yeah. Yeah, so I was actually filming all the behind-the-scenes stuff going on to help make a promo for investors. Mm. For w- what's the pilot? Oh, it's an actual one of the episodes because they had written a full season, so they just. But picked. what's the show? Uh, the show is if you could imagine, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. placed inside of a barber shop, but raunchier. Yeah. So it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny. This this the pilot episode had everything to do with. Hand jobs in uh, <laughs> an Asian massage parlor mafia that, that was trying to extort them because they found out there were hand was jobs. Was it all about Bob Kraft? Is that what yes, you're saying? Yes, Bob Kraft made a visit. All in, uh, in, in a barber shop? Yeah. Wow. Well, the whole, the whole the thing about the show is it's guys that own a barber shop that's not doing good and they try to think up of ways to drum up business and get more people to come into their barber shop. Mm. Let's offer so, hand jobs. Yeah. Well, they were offering massages, but it turns out the guy was giving hand jobs instead. Ah. And they figured they would be okay with hiring a dude to do massages because who would go there to get a hand job from a dude? Apparently a lot of people. <laughs> huh. uh, then I got my nipple pierced while filming that. Uh, yeah. That got filmed. Awesome. Uh, and then the trend fucking hurt uh, a little bit. It had to, it a had, little bit. like it had to have hurt, right? I mean, they're shoving a yeah. big yeah, I, needle. I won't, I won't lie. It, it didn't, it, it wasn't pleasant. Was it the kind that like cuts out a bit of tissue or did they just poke a hole? No, it was straight up like a, it was like a long, like giant hypodermic looking needle. Yeah. 
but there was no like plug hole. It oh, okay. Just, I was gonna say I, I think no. some of them like core out. No, no, there was no like coring out a chunk of skin. So yeah. it 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 pinched really good going in, mm-hmm. and then it had to come out the other side, and that's when I was like, uh, holy yeah. fuck! And that's like that's, that's a bit stretchy too, isn't it? Yeah. So, so you gotta, yeah, yeah. So when it go when it, when it went in, the skin was held a little tauter. Going in, but going out, it had to push its way through the yeah. skin. So you so had, that you had part, a big old nipple tent. Yeah, it it yeah, that part fucking hurt. Yeah. Uh, and then my Nissan decided to uh, grenade itself. What? What happened? Transmission blew up in it. No way. Are you kidding me? Nope. I'm not lying. What are you doing, Speed Racer? Uh, apparently, it's been a common issue with the Nissan transmissions. The guy said they had five come in this week. Oh wow. So Friday night after we got done filming all week and stuff, we had, they had an after party here in Salt Lake and I'm driving down to the after party and my car starting to act weird. And I'm like losing power and I'm like, oh, this isn't good. Just giving more throttle and it's just, yeah, revving crazy, no power, no nothing. So we make it there and I'm told Sarah, I'm like, Sarah, I'm I'm not even, I'm like, I might have one drink. I'm like, I don't think we can stay long. I'm like, I think the car's fucked. Yeah. So we stayed there for about an hour and a half, and then I went to drive home, got about halfway You're home. You're a slow drinker. Well, I was <laughs> hanging out, uh, and then I got uh, about halfway home, and the car, completely no power, no nothing, ended up coasting off the highway, down the off-ramp, shot around a corner, and had to push it into a parking spot at the gas station. Mm-hmm. Damn. Noah's Benjo. Nope. Luckily, it's under warranty, so... I don't got to pay anything. Oh, that is good. But I don't have the Nissan's gone for like ten days, almost two weeks. So wow. wow. And then it's going to be that they've fixed something on it, and you're, it's going to be just one problem well, that's, after another. That's what mm. the guy told me was that the, he said we're not going to put a factory transmission back in your car because we're going to put a a new redesigned, rebuilt transmission in there mm. because the factory transmissions are having issues. Mm-hmm. So he's like, if we put a factory one back in, it's going to do the same thing. So, yeah. so no OEM parts for you. Well, I, I, te- I guess technically they're still being put on by Nissan. It's a Nissan approved like fix for their bad transmissions. Hmm. So hopefully it'll solve it. And so uh, just not the original. It's a upgraded. Yeah, it's an upgraded version of that transmission to help hopefully fix the issues that those transmissions were having. Hmm. But since they're doing that, it's not like you're just taking one out and putting a new one in. They got to completely disassemble the old one, take all the bad stuff out. Your warranty doesn't it. come with like rental coverage i figured i had the corvette yeah i'd been like no motherfuckers (laughs) paid for this car Mm -hmm. they they did have a shit is blowing up they did have a nice dodge challenger sitting there i almost felt like telling the guy i'm like i'll just trade you take the take the broken nissan and i'll take that dodge (laughs) challenger Mm -hmm. but yeah Mm. 10 days about 10 they said next wednesday that happened i dropped the car off saturday Mm. and he said i should have it back by next wednesday but i go to work on wednesday so I might get it back, not this weekend, but the following weekend. Jesus. So, That's a long time, man. Yeah. I saw that you were driving the vet, and I saw your post about a daily driver and that your other car had blown up, and I was like, oh, I don't have time to go and search back <laughs> through everything to see what happened there. But Yeah, yeah it, it, it grenaded itself. Bummer, buddy. So, and it just happened. It wasn't like, oh, it's getting bad. It was straight up like, no, just it's suddenly, fucking done. It's fucking done. Didn't, like there were no indications or anything? And just, nope. Cruising along fine, and then I'm fucking done. Just on the way to Salt Lake, it was having issues. Like it was, it wasn't keeping the the RPMs in a good range. Like mm. it kept like slamming back and forth every once in a while, like or like having big bumps in it. Mm. Then I got off the freeway in Salt Lake, and I went to go from a stoplight, 
And I was like, oh, I got no power right now. Then all of a sudden it kicked in. I'm like, okay, that's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. And then got in the freeway and all of a sudden it's like, I can't, I can't do 60. I can't do 50. I'm like, I'm coasting right now. I'm like, I hit the thr- I hit the gas and nothing's fucking happening. Hmm. So luckily I was pretty close to an exit and was managed to coast off. Yeah, that was pretty lucky. That sucks, man. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I'm just glad. I was pretty pissed. Sarah yeah. could probably vouch for us. A little irritated that night. I've never had any problems with any of my Nissans. Yeah, that's why I got a Nissan, because they're known to be reliable. But I guess apparently that CBT transmission they've been putting in them is complete shit. Hmm. Hmm. So. Well, that's terrible. Yep. And you, sir? I have a couple of two items from this last little bit. Okay. Uh, the first one is that I think the YouTube algorithm is broken. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, used to be really good at suggesting new videos that are similar to the ones I was watching, but lately it's been super random. Mm. Yeah, they want you to watch what they want you to watch that they promote, I think, now. It's probably yeah. because I watch videos on the same channel. and <laughs> I mean, like, at work and stuff. Oh. But I don't use YouTube for music or anything, but three different times it suggested a video called Calm Piano. <laughs> and it's an eight-hour instrumental, like for meditation or something, maybe? It's probably from when we're <laughs> looking for sounds for shit when we're doing the Halloween <laughs> or- stuff. I was going to say, I've never searched for anything like that. I've literally only looked up like depression, hatred for our humanity, suicide. Oh. <laughs> Calm piano is totally out of left field. If you, like, well, how dare you presume to know what, what, you, what, what I, what, what what you I need. need? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was an interesting one. Uh, the other one is that uh, Republicans love to complain about the left, especially when it comes to wanting free stuff, free college, health care. Libtards don't want to work for anything. They just want handouts, all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they go on Fox News, make their own podcasts and use bullhorns at colleges to talk about a very special one time deal from Jesus. You'll get forgiveness. You'll get love. <laughs> you'll get eternal life. And if you accept right now, we'll throw in a brand new reinvented heaven just for you. Not for five ninety nine, not four ninety nine. It's absolutely free. That's right. Free. It's a gift. You know, the thing Republicans hate. There's got to be a catch. Nothing's free. Well, apparently this is. I'm trying to remember the name of the preacher that Tracy and I noticed over the weekend. We were out. Uh, I always have the news on. Yeah. And there was some, <clears throat> Jesus, my voice keeps dragging. There was some preacher who came on and it was a name that I recognized as somebody who's been around doing this for a long time. And he was selling like living waters. Oh, like you, shit. Like oh, you yeah. just, actually he wasn't even selling it. But the whole gist of the deal was there's testimonials from, testimonials from people saying that I wrote and I got my, you know, little packet of spring water or whatever. Like he sends you this little fucking pouch of water, like, like a, like the ones one he, by one inch square. Yeah. Plastic pouch of, yeah, it's like apparently James. blessed Jesus water. It's, it's like the ones they put the turtles in, in China. Mm-hmm. And it's basically so that they can get your address and then start Blast. spamming oh, you yeah. shit to yeah. send them money. Um, but you know, they, they had all these testimonials from people. Oh yes. I, I, I sent away and got my water back. And then the very next day, just checks started showing up in my <laughs> mailbox there where the first one was for $55,000. Then the next oh, one was yeah. $10,000. Uh, and every day I go out there and there's just a check in the mailbox. And I'm like, Oh yeah. From who, where the fuck are you yeah. getting this money from? Yeah. Like it doesn't just, it doesn't say, you know, from God's, from God's bank account to right. you. Right. Well, to tell the truth, I get those all the time too. Hmm. But it's for me to take out a second mortgage on the home. Yeah. It's a real looking check. Oh, yeah. It looks oh, yeah, like yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't. Yeah. yeah. It's not yeah. good for anything. So I wonder if that's what they're getting. <laughs> Could be. Could be the kind of people that right away hey. for, send me some Jesus hey. water. 
hey, you've got really good credit. Here, we'll give you $35,000 at 25% interest. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. What's your other thing? Sorry. Uh, I had a lot of fun with the alliteration last time, so I'm doing it again. Awesome. Yes. I forgot to fucking type up the other one. It sat down here. Oh. I'll uh, do that tonight. I have two Ds in my name, and each of you have Ds. Yeah. Uh, so I decided to take them back from Donald Trump, too. Oh. Oh, it is your middle name, David? David. Ah. Yeah. Like I put king. that together in my head with my very brain. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Just, just like the With king. my uh, brain. <laughs> very good brain. <laughs> it's like a really good brain. Yeah. Uh, dear David Dennison, mm. you damn dim despotic dictator dumbass. You dishonest DACA dreamer dasher. <laughs> you delusional droopy dicked dastardly hoo hoo gold. <laughs> Dome damaged diaper deposit. <laughs> you dramatic diabolical, despicable, draft-dodging douchebag. <laughs> you derpy, disloyal, double-talking, hoo-hoo-gold, degenerate date rapist. <laughs> you depraved, dishonorable, dull, disgraceful, dirty, deregulating dinosaur. You dehumanizing, deplorable, daughter-perving, destructive, developmentally dead-ended, dainty-digited, Dorito-dermist, <laughs> demagogic dumpster fire. <laughs> now I'm done, you deflated dromedary decoy. Nice. I like that. I, I got to take that, that one, one too. too. Yeah. I'll put that in the pile of shit Dan needs to transcribe for, for <laughs> Facebook postings. They need to be made. What was uh, like Jack Handy on SNL? Uh, Daily Affirmations? Yeah. That oh, needs, yeah. It needs to be made into those. <laughs> <laughs> because you're good enough. You're smart enough. And gosh darn it, people like well, you. No, no they well, weren't the was... Daily Affirmations. They were, they were the ones where it was like the really fucked up thing. was like. Oh, no. You're talking deep walk, thoughts. Deep thoughts. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I walk into the forest. And I and just something, you yeah, know, and all yeah. fucked up. I was like. thinking, was it Stuart Smalley, right? Stuart that was Smalley, the name yeah. was the, yeah. of Al Franken. Al Franken, yeah. thank you. Yep. I could, I'm just, my, my head's all scrambled. Aren't, aren't they all? My a brain is a scrambled. Like an egg? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, I haven't been up to a whole lot other than a lot of fucking work. You've been golfing? Oh yeah, I did golf. The golf season started last week, so that was nice. I got it's to go crazy. play nine holes. It's cold. You got to go hit a yeah, little Donald around. There's still snow on the golf course. Yeah. That doesn't sound fun. It was fun-ish. It was fun-ish. Fun. I hear, mm -hmm. hear Mar-a-Lago's open for golfing right now. Uh, that would that would not be fun. <laughs> I would not want to go play there. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of traffic. Just. <laughs> <laughs> knowing where that money's going yeah. and the kind of people mm -hmm. that are there. Like I just, yeah, that would not be fun. I would not have a good time the whole time. I would be angry that I was there actually, probably <laughs> just divots everywhere. <laughs> I could go and fuck up the golf course. Yeah, that'd be fun. I, I could have a good time doing that. Oh, sorry guys. I'm just a really bad golfer. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. I thought I could use a wedge on the green. Having an off day. I don't know. <laughs> Every every shot, I'm just taking up like a yard of dirt. I don't know what's going on. Roll a few carts. Yeah, <laughs> I might have done that on a public course. <laughs> put one in the in the water trap or whatever. What I, didn't the the water, I didn't put one in the I didn't put one in a water in a water hazard, hazard but uh, I know a couple of people who did. And my regular golfing buddy has just a well had. I think he still has it, but he doesn't use it anymore after this. Uh, had a just a push cart, you know, Is this the, not the kind that you pull behind you, but a, the one you push in yeah, front of you is yeah. a uh, Sun Mountain three-wheeled golf cart that you push in front of you. Hmm. And he 
always would like as we're on out on a hole he would just like give it a shove if it's going you know if there's any kind of slope you just give it a shove or let let it go and, and let it just coast down the walk hill behind and, it yeah and i don't know what was going through his head when he decided to do that on hole number one at valley view but hole number one at valley view is dog leg left with a big pond mm. right in the neck of the dog leg and we're just walking down the hill and he lets go of his cart and it just and then like immediately started turning left over to the pond and like hit the little thing before it and made this lip. nice little arc right out into the middle of the <laughs> pond and had his phone, wallet, oh, keys, no. camera, everything in there. This was back when, I mean, we've been golfing together for a long time and this was back when we just had fancy flip phones, Yeah, but he also had his digital camera out there and yeah. yeah. So that was all just fucked. He goes swimming. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And then the and it's and it's only like I don't know six seven feet deep at at most, most like in the yeah. middle yeah and other than that it's just like sludgy yeah, sludgy yeah. swampy fucking, gross, yeah. Right? It's yeah it's totally fucking disgusting yeah it's got like like mats of algae oh yeah and just rotting vegetation yeah. in there and yeah it smells horrible if you step in the mud or anything yeah yeah and he he had to go fishing all of his shit oh, out of God. there. And then now he just carries his bag with him all the time. Yep. I bet. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then I have flipped a cart over onto its side. That wasn't, I wasn't meaning to do it. It just happened. <laughs> Got going down a hill a little too fast and at the bottom of the hill went to turn and mm. slid off the turn. And then there's a hill on the other side. So we hit the hill and just. Tipped over onto its side. Did you, you see, you didn't break really on before you hit, entered the turn. I was trying to a little bit, but not nearly enough. And yeah. well, I was afraid that if I braked too much that we would lose track, which we ended up doing anyway. Uh. It was just, yeah, I should have, I should have been breaking much earlier yeah, than I yeah. was. <laughs> huh. this, this wasn't alcohol induced, was it? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> maybe a little bit that <laughs> might've looked like a yard sale with a lot of beer afterward because the cooler went flying also with all the ice and beer. Um, yeah. So golf is, is fun. I, I get to golf on the Tuesdays now, but it means that I don't get a lot of sleep Monday night into mm. Tuesday. Cause I got to get up at four Man. to go to the office and we're recording the show the night before yeah, that. Sleep's and... overrated. Yeah, fuck sleep. Who needs that? I've, right. I'm still trying to catch up on it from this week. <laughs> uh, what else did they do? Uh, oh, so I, I posted it out on Facebook. I, we haven't recorded since it happened, but I went into the office a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And was sitting there at my desk, just doing my happy stuff. Uh, and one of my old coworkers approached me and... We just started talking. She's like, Hey, how are you liking the new job? How's everything going? I'm like, Oh yeah, it's good. I'm really, really fucking busy. Like it's a, it's, there's a ton, a ton of work. And she said, Oh, well, you know, the old team, I'm sure misses you. And you got out just in time. <laughs> um, and I found out that a lot of my coworkers listen to the show. Yep. I didn't know that. Really? So hi, everybody. Hi, all Dan's coworkers, <laughs> except for Damp. Yeah. If Damp fears this, go fuck yourself, man. <laughs> um, but apparently- That's interesting. A lot of coworkers? I mean, well, well, that's a relative term, I guess. But... Yeah. I mean, I know at least four. Wow. For sure. I'm still I amazed. Had I had no idea. When I pulled up today, I was still thinking, man, 
I've been coming here a long time, you know, mm-hmm. and even before this house, we were doing it. I can't believe people listen to the show. <laughs> I mean, you guys do, you guys are great, but like, sometimes I'm just like, it's crazy that I show up and talk about shit and anybody downloads it, you know, <laughs> it's just a weird thought. I like, I like the shit you bring to the show, man. Well, yeah, no, I wasn't trying to, I mean, it's a difficult subject to bring up without sounding like I'm shitting on you guys. <laughs> yeah. like, you I can't believe suck? I can't believe anyone listens to this show. That makes it sound like it's awful. That's not what I'm. I mean, I just think <laughs> it's weird that it, it would be one thing if there was this like this audience that we knew we were addressing, but the fact that people have to actually go search it out and download it regularly and all that, and the fact that that keeps happening mm-hmm. over like well five seasons is crazy. Well, and then that we don't even like necessarily know who it is yeah yeah yeah. there's just people out there right now listening to this and we have no idea there's tens of thousands of people just listening to us every week for and we do a horrible job promoting ourselves because we don't promote (laughs) (laughs) somebody else has done it for us though a little bit like early on that's that's how some people like they built a list of atheist podcasts and put ours on there oh yeah there there are different sites out there with stuff like that yeah and, and I just, I haven't had time to be on social media much at all lately. And honestly, I get a little tired of any little thing I post and somebody has got to say something shitty on it. Like, I don't know what, what, what the fuck is wrong with people? I just tend they, to really They can't just them. like, oh, I don't, you know, I, I don't agree with this, but it's not, ultimately it's not really harming anybody and whatever, no big deal. But. Well, and even if it's something just completely innocuous, somebody just has to make some shitty random comment on it. Yeah. But, I don't know. That's something that I Come thought I was more more side. used to, <laughs> and lately it's just been bothering me more and more uh, because then I feel like I have to address it and I have to reply, and really I don't, no. and so I shouldn't, but then it just eats at me. But anyway, um, yeah, so there was all of that. She stopped by. She, she said, oh, yeah, we well, got out just in time. Because the boss that we had had been on a detail to another team and now he's off of it. And somebody else who I was working with is now the manager of the team. And the, the one other great employee in that team, um, is just kind of left by themselves now. Oh. And I mean, this guy, he's, he's, uh, he's awesome. Like he just, he's a workaholic and he does great work and he's, you know, he's a good communicator. He's, he's fun to be around. He, he's a hard worker. And, but now he's like picking up all of the slack over there. Yeah, and sucks. yeah he's going to put himself in an early grave. You need to chill out, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> You're awesome. I think you do a great job, but holy cow, man, you, you, you'd put in a lot of hours that you never paid for and you shouldn't have to do that. It's going to fail. It's going to fail and it won't be your fault. Um, so we were talking about all of that, and then she she said something about, oh, and I'll bet you're just so glad to be away from some people on the team. And I'm like, yeah, there there's at least a couple I can think of that, yeah, I'm glad I don't have to see anymore. And she said, oh, yeah, well, you know, she mentioned Damf's real name. And she's like, well, you you heard that we'll just call him Damf because that's what I was yeah. called. She said, you know, you, you heard that Damf got in trouble a little bit, right? And I'm like, no. She said, oh, yeah, well, you know, he was just. He he was just doing a bunch of shit and everybody really got tired of it. And she said that her and another one of my 
old co-workers. Um, he would come and bother them whenever he was in the office and they were, well, I told you guys whenever yeah, I was in the yeah. office, he'd just fucking buzz by my desk and, and not care if you're on a phone call yeah, or just, whatever. Yeah. And, and even if I was on a call, he would just fucking stand there until yeah. I was done. Like go the fuck away, what? dude, send I'm... me an email, send me an instant message. Go You've be got productive. something important to say. Let's set up a meeting. I I'm not your friend. I'm not your buddy. I don't want to chit chat with you. Um, but she's like, oh, yeah, so he was doing things like bringing Books of Mormon to work oh. and passing them out to people, oh. asking people what their religion was, asking why they may have stopped attending ah. church. Um, and he apparently he asked this one coworker who I was talking to what her religious beliefs were. And she's like, oh, I believe in God, but, I, you know, I don't go to church. I don't I don't belong to any specific religion or anything. He's like, well, you should be a Mormon. You should uh, read the Book of Mormon because, you know, the Bible's OK, but that was for a different time. The Book of Mormon <laughs> is for this time. And this, this, this is what you got to learn. And you got to know these things and live live righteously and blah. And she's like. And I said, I told her, I'm like. Why is it any of his fucking business what yeah. religion you are and why the fuck does he think it's okay to ask anybody that at work? We're be we're here, we're paid to do a fucking job. On it's a government job as well. Yeah. Not not to fucking proselytize yeah. people, not to delve into their personal lives. I'm paid to do a fucking job, not to be your friend, not to be your buddy. I don't want to fucking hang out with you. We're not going to go work in the temple together. Yeah. I, none of that's ever going to fucking work, dude. I'm not going to go fishing with you. None of that shit. Maybe the church is handing out finder's fees now. <laughs> and so, so then we just kind of start finishing each other's sentences like, you know, she'd say, oh, and then it's like every meeting I'm like, he's got to bring up something with religion. Like that's all he fucking talks about. And she's like, exactly. We couldn't have a meeting. We couldn't have a phone call, nothing where he wouldn't, you know, bring up something about the church or working in the church or doing home teaching or talking to the bishop or whatever the fuck. And I'm like, oh yeah, it just, it gets to be too much. And she's like, well, I guess somebody finally, you know, complained to HR or somebody else about it because he got a talking to and I said, oh, yeah. And she says, and I think he thinks that it was me and this other coworker that she hangs out with all the time. And and I said, oh, yeah. And she said, yeah, because now he won't even talk to us. Like, he won't even look in our direction, doesn't come by and everything. I'm like, what a fucking baby. Yeah. Though. Well, and I'm like, well, that's got to be a relief. And she said, well, yeah, it's been kind of nice. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't have to fucking talk to him all the time. Um, but she said, she said that she just, she ended up blowing up. Um after after one meeting because everybody is so overworked and there's just so much work and then we were shut down for a month yep. and it's everything is behind and everybody's just under a ton of stress and she said yeah there was a meeting where i just i lost it i lost my mind and i started screaming fuck and fuck this and fuck that and i'm not gonna fucking do it anymore <laughs> she's like i thought that i was going to be fired and if not that i was going to quit because i was just fucking done yeah stress has a boiling point yeah, you you reach <laughs> like you let that shit build up and then you hit that critical point and it's yeah, people hulk out sometimes. <laughs> That's why you have uh babies 17 years apart so you have punching bags for most of this whole period <laughs> <laughs> while you're going through your adult transitions and all this stress. Uh, oh, but so yeah, so she says, you know, he he would do that in every meeting and I'm like, "Oh my god, yeah, it just it got so annoying." And she said, and I'm sure he thinks it was me or this other person. She said, but it wasn't either of us. And I said, I'm pretty sure I know who it is. I said, you know, I, I attended this training class and we talked about it on the show. I think even uh, that I attended a training class and one of the new guys on the team, um, 
you know, everybody left for lunch and I was busy finishing something up or sending an email. And this other guy, as we were both exiting the training room, he's like, Hey, uh, you ever had a problem with damp at work? And I'm like, Oh yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude thinks we're buddies, but no, I don't like him. And he bugs the shit out of me. And, he, and he's like, well, he's going to get himself in trouble with a lot of the things that he says. And I'm like, well, he ought to someday, if not. Yeah, we did talk about it yeah, on the show yeah. because I was saying I, I should contact him and tell him that, yeah, if he wants to do that, I'd be happy to, to back right. him up or whatever. Um, I never contacted him. and but, but apparently... He didn't need backing up. Yeah. And I'm guessing that it was him because most of the other team believes along the same lines as Damp and... This guy's new and wasn't accustomed to hearing this at every fucking time that he had to be around damp. Yeah, everyone else is just used to putting up with it. Yeah. So then, it, so then I guess, you know, he, this, I'm guessing it was this new coworker. I don't know for sure, but I'm, I would be like 90% sure that that's who it was. And so he said something and then damp got a talking to, and then this old coworker that I was talking to, she said, oh yeah. So then in the next meeting, you know, we're sitting there and he goes to say something. He's like, well, I. Oh, never mind. I've been told that I can't even say anything around here anymore. <laughs> oh my God. I just can't Aww. even talk, so I'll just shut my big fat mouth. Poor baby. <laughs> oh, poor fucking you. We don't have to listen to you anymore. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, then she said, oh, and and then, you know, my other coworker who I like quite a bit, who's working himself to an, into an early mm -hmm. grave. Um she said, oh, yeah, you know, this coworker told us uh, to listen to an episode or two where I had mentioned Damp, And I believe it was when I was talking about Damp talking to another coworker and telling them that their son wouldn't have Crohn's disease if he was going to church regularly and yeah. paying his tithing. And everything. she's yeah. like, yeah, I didn't really like him much. But then I listened to that and I really didn't like him a whole <laughs> lot more. <laughs> so, yeah, fuck that guy in particular. Yes. And then she says, oh, and then he even changed his day in the office so that he's not in the office when oh. me and this other person are in here. And I'm like, oh, God, which day does he come in? Because you're coming. This in was on a Thursday that I'd gone in and I had planned on coming in on Tuesdays in the future. And I'm like, what day is he coming in now? And she's like, Monday. I'm like, OK, then I'm safe. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't have to see him. He won't have to see me. That'll be fine. Uh, you should just tell Damp, hey, go to this podcast and give it a listen sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he has not listened to at least an episode because he would like just re like seeing what Stan doing. Well, he would. Yeah. Well, he would ask me about it every night. Oh, you still doing that radio podcast thing that you do? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's going pretty well. Got got a few listeners anyway, yeah. and some people seem to like it. So us, us, us heathens are becoming popular. He might have listened to it, but I'm hoping that. The first, well, no, I was going to say, I know he doesn't like strong language, but he's one of those Mormons that uses curse words to think he's cool. Oh, you know, fuck where, yeah. Yeah. When he's really angry, he'll be like, yeah. And every, and I'll look around fucking time that I do, <laughs> you know, he's got a curse really on the uh, down low because Jesus might be listening. Just annoying fucking guy. I just, I'm so glad that I don't have to fucking if, work with that guy anymore. I hear if you curse into a jar, Jesus doesn't see it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it, what, does it have to be an opaque jar? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. It's either that or you got to throw 50 cents in it or whatever. <laughs> I don't think it'll fit. <laughs> uh, I got to see this damp guy. I've been hearing about him for years. I got to 
Oh, I'll show you pictures. Okay. Oh. When we when we take a break, remind. Yeah. I'll actually I'm gonna write it down. So, uh, damn pictures. So that we can look them up during the break. Um, cool. I'll have something to jerk off to later. Also, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm playing with my nipple right now. I also uh, took Gray out for the anniversary, 22nd anniversary of, of Adoption Day. Wow. Yeah. 22 years That's ago. A big that one. seems like a long time, man. It time goes by way too quick. Yeah. Well, and he was really, really sick on the actual anniversary, okay. so I had to wait a week uh. to take him out and... Did he have that cold flu thing that's going around? Or? Yeah, he was super sick. Yeah. Like for a week off. or more, just wow, really, really sick. That's awesome though, man. Yeah. He's a good kid. He is that. Yep. And then yesterday, Tracy and I went and saw Captain Marvel. Yeah. And this, we saw that. So Sunday night, no, Saturday night, we watched Aquaman mm-hmm. because it's available on digital streaming now. And of course- Jason Momoa's in it, so she was interested in watching the movie. <laughs> right, right. And, which he's a good-looking dude. There's no denying. Hmm. The movie was fucking terrible. It was an That's awful, right. awful movie. Just so bad. That's what I've heard. Imagine that. It was well, yeah. It's a DC movie, but well, in a comic movie, which well, you don't well, like. But. The the thing is, like, it, I mean, I I and it's Aquaman. It, for yeah, Christ's exactly. Sake. I was gonna say the the only thing I know is that like. So this reminds me of, God damn it! What's that new Mary Poppins one called? Mary Poppins? Is it? I don't Poppin know. Pills? Yeah, Mary's Poppin Pills. <laughs> but anyway, that new one that came out, right? Like, so after forty years or fifty years or whatever of people ridiculing Dick Van Dyke for his awful attempt at a Cockney accent, mm-hmm. you would think they, they would make somebody a move with a good to correct accent? that, yeah. but they didn't, oh, no. and it's pretty bad too uh, so you end up with like the exact just, same problem that they you know like he's and, just trying to emulate the original one they were it, trying or? to be true yeah, to the original more or less <laughs> yeah i mean more or less he's i mean it's maybe not quite as bad as dick van dyke but it's still pretty bad and and that reminds me of this where it's like aquaman is like this character that this dc is already got problems in the reputation department mm-hmm. and then they decide to go with with a character who has been ridiculed for i don't know how long forever you you, yeah. you have to go above and beyond to to make this movie good in the same way that you'd have to you'd have to actually cast somebody like danny dyer or michael kane or whatever to do that cockney role in yeah. mary poppins mm. like you'd have to really do it right so i'm not surprised that aquaman didn't live up to it because that's a really tall order well and it's like it it had it had moments where you're like this could have been a decent movie like but it was like a cascade of errors. Like the directing was bad. The acting was bad in some spots. The dialogue was bad. The writing was bad. The editing was bad. And it was like, okay, for all of these shortcomings, we're just going to throw a lot of money into CGI and we'll just wow people with how cool it looks. Mm. And that just didn't work. Yeah. And then, and it, it was just like ridiculous fucking stupid things in it. Like, like I heard people were making fun of the fact, like you're Aquaman, you're under the water. You got to make a bubble to talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and then like it shows how fast he can swim and all of the Atlanteans can swim. But then they also have these vehicles that they can travel in for some reason. Because they can't swim fast enough. And no. well, and it's like when they're swimming, they're not really moving their limbs very much. It's like they're just a powered torpedo. by. Yeah. They, they look like a torpedo basically, right? Farts. But then they have, it was just, it was so bad. It was just 
fucking terrible. Awful. Is that the idea that they're from the city of Atlantis? Yeah. 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 And it sank below the sea, and then they've had these warring kingdoms under there for a while. The the Cthulhu monster thing was kind of cool. I mean, just... Because it was Cthulhu, or... It wasn't really Cthulhu, but there were some there were some subtle hints that that's where it was from. Like okay. in one of the opening scenes, there's a H.P. Lovecraft book uh, yeah. on the on the coffee table, and I mean, so you know, little homages to a few different things that were kind of cool. And Jason Momoa is cool. I like him. He's a good-looking dude, and you know, there were other people in it that are cool. And Amber Heard's in it. She's very attractive. Yeah. It's just a fucking terrible, awful movie, He's- though. You just got to not be like that uh, reporter who asked Jason Momoa to do a haka at the uh, premiere. What? The, the, he was at, no, it was at like the Emmys or whatever. Like he was in line. And she goes, just give us one of those dances real quick. And he's kind of like, um, no. no? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not just like a little dance. It's like, this is part of our like heritage. Yeah. This is like a cultural thing. It's nothing to be... <laughs> Like mock. I'm not your just, dancing just monkey. Like yeah. This. yeah. So his girlfriend even goes, he's not going to do that for you. <laughs> so you were in the live action Little Mermaid, right? <laughs> <laughs> so Aquaman was fucking terrible. And then we saw uh, Captain Marvel yesterday. And that was fucking great. Yeah. It was really good. I <laughs> really enjoyed it. I'm going to try to go see it this next weekend. Very entertaining. I mean, the dialogue and acting and everything is great. It was just. The yeah. dialogue was great. Yeah, it it was really good. There that were, surprises me. Well, and then Tracy and I were talking about like the difference between DC and Marvel afterward, and it's like DC just makes awful movies about their comics, but a lot of, a lot of that I think is because the DC universe just isn't as cool. And like DC sets up its superheroes as their godlike, yeah, where yeah. Marvel is more their human beings who happen to have some special power because of whatever reason, but they're still flawed and Slight, dumb. Yeah, and, slightly more like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah where, yeah. you know, just their circumstances led them to be this hero and they're usually kind of a reluctant hero, but they're all just, they're like normal humans, you With know, weaknesses. fucking up and, and doing, yeah. doing dumb things. Yeah. And DC is like very serious about itself while it's making mm-hmm. shitty, fucking <laughs> terrible, awful movies. And bad characters. Yeah, and and like I say, and they're Superman all Superman is one of the worst characters. Yeah, I mean we could talk about this ne- <laughs> on some you know outside of uh, comic corner or whatever we're doing on. This. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Superman. he's Jesus. He's he's like a Jesus. Like what's that fucking line oh, yeah. from that other stupid movie? Uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe movie. Uh, a- Aslan, 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 uh, something I don't like I've ever that. Seen yeah. It. You never saw it? I don't think I saw that one. Yeah, Yeah. like he's a total Jesus figure in that movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, And Superman is like that, too, it seems like to me. Well, oh, yeah, definitely, dude. Like in the... That last Superman movie, they actually tried to make him be more of a Jesus figure coming here to save everybody from... Well, and even in the first one, like, there there were a couple different scenes. I can think of the one in particular where he, like, floats up into the sky above everybody and he's got his arms spread Uh, and his one leg kind of tucked up. And I'm like, that looks like... Jesus, Jesus with a cape on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, DC, 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 I think just has a lot more religious overtones in it than Marvel does. Marvel is very much, uh, very much, uh, very much well, more, uh, godless Deadpool? heretic kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think of it more as like Greek mythology. They have yeah. Like tears, you know, and it's, yeah. 
it's kind of I don't know. Yeah, they but do it's, have more it's flawed characters. Like DC is very very heavy into I think much more Christiany kind of religion yeah. stuff. Ugh. I don't. I'm not a fan. Uh, but let's talk about other stuff. Yeah, some real Christians. Okay. This is Nick Fish, president of American Atheists. Uh, you can learn more about our work at www.atheists.org. Make sure to check out our national convention coming up Easter weekend in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you there. And you're listening to The Godless Revolution. Rejoining The Godless Revolution podcast now. All right, you guys remember talking about Eric Porterfield? Oh, yeah, old winky. Right? <laughs> Old, uh, not very good at seeing guy. No, uh, he's the he's the Republican from West Virginia who, during an interview, basically threatened to kill his kids, drown them if they ever found if he ever found out that they were gay or if they told uh. him that they were gay. Uh, for for your listening pleasure, again, we covered this on a previous episode, but here's what he had said during an interview. Let me ask you this. Yes, ma'am. You have a adorable daughter. And a precious son. Mm-hmm. What would happen if a few years from now, when they're teens, young adults, they came to you and said that they think that they might be gay or lesbian? Well, I will address my daughter first, as I would uh, take her for a pedicure, uh, take her to get her nails done, and see if she could swim. If it was my son, I would probably take him hunting, I would take him fishing, and I'd see if he could swim. Yeah, and he's just got this glaring smile on his Shit face. Shit eating grin on his face the whole time. And this is after he called LGBT cre- LGBTQ groups uh the modern day equivalent of the KKK. Yeah. So, he's a, he's a walking piece of shit, right? Uh and so we we at the time noticed that he was very squinty and yeah. and had some kind of eye issue and I think we might even even mentioned it just kind of in passing, but it wasn't something that we were going to tease him for. We're not going to tease somebody about their infirmity. Even though I did call him squinty. Unless, of course, that infirmity is a direct result of some shitty fucking things that they've done in their, yeah. in their life prior to this time. And so after after this whole thing and after that episode, I noticed this story last week from the West Virginia Charleston Gazette Mail. And the headline of the story is how a 3 a.m. bar fight left a West Virginia delegate blind. Mm -hmm. I love how he's got on the wall behind him. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. He ain't got none. (laughs) Jesus, take the wheel or my feet or something. I got to be ambulatory somehow. Uh, but the story says that more than 12 years after Eric Porterfield, who made national news earlier this year comparing the gay community to the Ku Klux Klan... Lost his vision in a parking lot brawl, his legal battle against the bar where it happened continues. Porterfield, now a Republican member of the House of Delegates from Mercer County, started or started that night in 2006 at a strip club in Harvey, Illinois, a tough suburb just south of Chicago. It ended in a fight involving as many as 10 people outside a now-closed Indiana bar about 30 minutes away. The fight left Porterfield completely blind at 32 years old. Porterfield has said he earned his divinity degree at Hiles Anderson College, an unaccredited Baptist school in nearby Crown Point, Indiana. He, he got a he got a oh. degree in bullshit from a bullshit school. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess the guy that goes to the divinity school, as long as that divinity school is fake, it's all right <laughs> for him to be hanging out in a house of sin. Mm-hmm. 
He did not pursue criminal charges against anyone involved, but sued the bar, Kavanaugh's sports bar and eatery, several months later. Depositions and court documents from that lawsuit, as well as from a police report obtained via Freedom of Information Act request from the police department in Sherrerville, Indiana, detail significantly different versions of the fight. Hmm. Porterfield's lawsuit alleges Kavanaugh's failed to provide adequate security that could have prevented the fight and seeks unspecified damages. He cited five other fights at the bar that year and a high area crime rate that should have prompted more security that night. The lawsuit has been in the Indiana court system for more than a decade and the latest filings came last week. Porterfield directed a request for comment to his lawyer for this report. He also threatened to sue the Charleston Gazette (laughs) Mail and a reporter over the story. His lawyer, A. Leon Sarkeesian of Merrillville, Indiana, did not respond to multiple phone calls. So does he not like the First Amendment where there's a freedom of press? Uh, Apparently not. Okay. At least when it comes to him. Yeah. According to his own deposition, Porterfield and a friend, Stephen McPherson, left Skybox, a strip club. Skybox, that's a strip club. That's kind of funny. Yeah. A strip club in Harvey, Illinois, around 10.30 p.m. on the night of Saturday, December 10th, 2006. They headed across the Indiana state line to Kavanaugh's, where they remained until closing time around 3 a.m. Bars close at 3 a.m. in other places? Oh, yeah. Sometimes like 4 a.m. Some, some Like Chicago can be like 5 a.m. for some place. Some bars. Oh, I want to go to there. <laughs> Maybe in my youth. Now I, I leave like, places like, around 10 o'clock yeah, because... and order soup to go. <laughs> <laughs> According to her statement to police, Andrea Acevedo, a patron at Kavanaugh's, was walking to her car with her cousin and two friends nearby after the bar closed. McPherson approached her and touched her arm without permission. She told police McPherson told her to shut the fuck up. In her deposition in the lawsuit, she told attorneys he said, fuck you, bitch. Hmm. She said she told him it was late and he was drunk. He apologized. McPherson told police he knows he said something derogatory to Acevedo, and he might have told her to shut the fuck up. Might have. I might have told her to shut the The fuck fuck up. up. I mean, I might have, and she says I did, so yeah, probably probably that happened. Um... Then, according to Acevedo, Porterfield approached. What are you apologizing to this bitch for, Porterfield said, according to Acevedo's deposition. You don't have to apologize. As two of her cousin's friends, Jesus Venegas and Jason Dorado, approached, Porterfield addressed the bunch. What are you bitches going to do about it, he said, according to Acevedo's deposition. According to Acevedo and her friends, Porterfield threw the first, threw the first punch. Dorado said he's 100% sure Porterfield took the first shot. Venegas said Porterfield threw the first punch, knocking him out cold. Hmm. So everybody there says that Porterfield, this West Virginia Republican delegate, is the one who threw the first punch. Anthony Acevedo, Andrea Acevedo's cousin, said he heard yelling before the fight. Quote, I just noticed like people were yelling and it kind of caught my attention. And then like I turned around and looked over and I see this guy hit Jesus, uh, (laughs) hit Jesus. He said in his deposition, (laughs) he wouldn't hit Jesus. (laughs) Uh, McPherson told police the fight began among Porterfield and the others, not himself. He also told police that Porterfield told him not to talk to the police. The police officer writing the report said McPherson changed his account. Quote, I was concerned that he was also not being truthful with me about his involvement in the fight or him being hit at the beginning of the fight, the report states. McPherson, per the report, eventually conceded he did not know who Turk who Turk the first swern? <laughs> he was not looking at the others, so he does not know who threw the fir- threw the first punch. The report states. 
The documents paint a chaotic picture of a fight, further muddled by changing statements to police and depositions taken years after the incident. Dorado told police he saw Porterfield swing and knock down Venegas. According to Dorado's deposition, Anthony Acevedo then hit Porterfield and the two went at it. Jumping in, Dorado said he grabbed Porterfield and put him in a headlock. When Porterfield bit his ear, gnawing a piece <laughs> off of it. Fucking straight up Mike Tyson, that <laughs> shit. <laughs> in the police report, an officer details information from a doctor who said Dorado told a nurse that Porterfield bit his ear when Dorado had him in a headlock. Dorado then, quote, poked his eyes out, end quote, during the fight. What the fuck do you want? He bit me, Dorado said to the nurse, according <laughs> to the report. Well, yeah, he, he was asking for it. In, <laughs> in his deposition, Porterfield say he may have bitten someone's <laughs> ear, but he didn't know whose. Oh. <laughs> I don't necessarily recall it, but it's very possible with just a bunch of guys on you just doing anything to get loose from them, he said. It's not like a specific, you know what I mean, target of biting. And without my sight, uh, I don't know what or if I bit and what it was. It's hard to tell. You know if you bit. I could have been gnawing on a man's ball bag. I don't know. <laughs> According to the attending physician, Porterfield was diagnosed with bilateral globe perforation, meaning he had his eyes poked out. Yeah. Porterfield told police he doesn't remember anyone poking his eyes and that his injuries were from punches. Hmm. Because that happens a lot, that yeah. your I mean, eye can explode it, from unless, a punch. Unless you just punch your finger into the <laughs> eye. <laughs> McPherson told police that after he fell into some nearby bushes, he was hit at least 10 times. From the ground, he looked up and saw Porterfield on the hood of an SUV with about four men beating him. In his deposition, in his lawsuit against the bar, Porterfield said he didn't know what started the fracas. Mm -hmm. Who called? Yeah. He said he was leaving with McPherson, and as he walked through the lot, he turned around and saw his friend surrounded. He asked the men to leave McPherson alone and said that he didn't want any trouble. Bullshit. Unfortunately, Eric's effort to extricate his friend from the confrontation was unsuccessful and the incident resulted in his injury and the incident resulting in his injuries ensued. Porterfield's attorney wrote in a brief. During the fight, attorneys for Kavanaugh's did not specify who Porterfield claims through the first punch, only that it was McPherson who was hit and that he was surprised the altercation occurred. Porterfield said he wasn't drinking the night of the fight. In their report, police officers okay. noted the smell or effects of alcohol on almost everyone involved except Porterfield. Hmm. So he was in his right mind while being belligerent. Yeah, apparently he wasn't even drunk and was just so an uh, asshole while totally sober. Yeah. Showing up at bars and starting fights. He's yeah. got zero excuse. I yeah. mean, not that, that drinking should be an excuse, but... yeah. Uh, McPherson's deposition aligns with Porterfield's account, although it differs from what the, from what he told police in his deposition, McPherson said several men came up behind him in Porterfield and said something. When he turned around, McPherson said the group was coming at him and signaling a fight seemingly without provocation. Man, I'm just here to have a good time. McPherson said he told them, I don't want to fight anybody. <laughs> McPherson said he took the first punch, knocking him into the bushes. He told police when confronted about his story changing over multiple statements he provided that he did not take the first punch. Police also found reason to doubt Porterfield. After speaking with witnesses and participants, some of whose accounts differed from Porterfield's earlier statements, an investigator described Porterfield as vague and evasive about the, begin about the beginning of the fight about six months after it happened. Quote, I asked him if he threw the first punch of the night, the report states. He stated that it was possible. He became argumentative 
He stated that he could not talk to me about it, and he wanted to take time to remember. Ah, so time to change his story. I got to talk to my friends and make sure our stories all match up. In June 2007, several months after the fight, Porterfield arrived at the police station with an attorney where he declined to provide a statement and said he did not want to pursue criminal charges against anyone involved in the fight, a request police heeded. Four months later, Porterfield filed suit against Kavanaugh's in Lake County Superior Court. The case has since been appealed by Kavanaugh's attorneys to the Indiana Court of Appeals, the state's second highest court. The lower court ruled with Porterfield and struck down Kavanaugh's motion for summary judgment. The order does not determine whose account is the truth, only that, fact, the, only that enough facts are in dispute that summary judgment would not be appropriate. The case is ongoing with the latest filing having been submitted Monday. Earlier this year, Garner, or Porterfield garnered notoriety statewide for his anti-gay and lesbian statements and use of a slur in a committee meeting. He entered the national spotlight when, defending himself, he compared gay people to the Ku Klux Klan without wearing hoods. In a 20-minute broadcast interview, he repeated the sentiments and cast himself as the victim, given the feedback and threats he said he received. When asked how he would respond if his son and daughter, as teenagers, told him they were gay, he seemed to imply drowning them, which is what the clip we just listened yeah. to. Uh, in a previous interview, Porterfield detailed a public war of words between him, a pro-choice OBGYN, and a local magistrate that involved a temporary personal safety order being filed against him. To the openly expressed frustration of many House Democrats, Porterfield retains his committee assignments. With a degree of prescience, he said back in November he would make waves in Charleston before he ever even took his oath of office. Wait till they get a hold of me in the legislature, he said. So, fuck that guy in particular, yeah. too. Because yeah, he's like, an asshole. Wait till you get a hold of me in the legislator, because I ain't got no more. I spoke out. Wait uh-huh. till they get a look at me. <laughs> I yeah. bet I look beautiful. I haven't seen myself in 30 years. What a jackass. And so, uh, yeah, him being blind is, is largely the result of him also being a giant hey. asshole. Yeah. Um, And a bit of a, probably a hypocrite. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, what? Well, that's that's what we get from people on the right all the time is just blatant fucking hypocrisy, right? It's yeah. it's really bad when somebody else does it, but when somebody on our team does it, it's because they were tempted by Satan or there's some mitigating yeah. circumstance or that's you're, you're taken out of context or you didn't miss un, you know you you misunderstood what they meant that wasn't their intention. Yeah, they provide they cape for they provide cover and cape for everybody on their side and condemn everybody else on the other side, which drives me. Insane. Fuck um, you guys know Mike Lindell, right? Yeah. He's from your neck of the woods, I think. Is he? Either Wisconsin or Minnesota. Oh, he's, I think that. he's from Minnesota. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You don't want to claim He's not no. a serial killer, so you're not going to claim him? Is that it? I would rather claim a serial killer. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Ed Gein was a much nicer man. Oh, yeah? So, uh... I, I complained to you guys, I don't know how long ago, and every time I see those fucking stupid-ass MyPillow commercials, it drives me nuts, because he has a button-up shirt, usually buttoned all the way, yeah. but then he takes the time to yank his chain cross <laughs> out, no, uh, I, not even through anything, it just it hangs out over his collar just enough so that you can see the cross dangling there I, in all of his stupid fucking commercials for MyPillow. 
I never even paid attention to that. Oh yeah. I oh, never, it drives never, me nuts. I never really paid attention to him to begin. With, yeah. But now I might have to look if I see one of those come up again. Yeah. So I've I've just I've never liked the guy because it was just so blatantly obvious what he was doing to yeah. me anyway. I, I thought it was obvious that he was pandering to Christians in the mm-hmm. audience. Buy my pillow because I suck Jesus's dick. <laughs> so uh, I was interested when I saw this out on Right Wing Watch. It says Mike Lindell. Trump is the greatest president in history because he was chosen by God. Apparently, Mike Lindell, the founder of C- the founder and CEO of MyPillow, which advertises relentlessly in right-wing media. That's where I see all of his commercials. That, when that I might watch be Fox why I don't News. see any of them anymore. <laughs> uh, was given a speaking slot at this year's CPAC convention. Of course. Which is the Conservative Political Action Committee, I yeah. believe. Um where he declared that President Trump is, quote, the greatest president in history because he was chosen by God. Lindell recounted that he had a divine appointment with then-candidate Trump in 2016, which he left convinced that, quote, God has chosen him for such a time as this. Doesn't make sense. And we've got a clip of him at the CPAC that should be interesting. I have not watched this yet. He doesn't have the cross Now we go back in time to 2016. And I see myself in divine appointments, and one was especially important. Donald Trump invited me to meet him at Trump Tower in New York City. I walked into his office with high hopes on August 15, 2016. I walked out of that office after meeting with him, and I knew God had chosen him for such a time as this. What a dumb God. What a dumb, capricious, shitty fucking God. And when I hear God has chosen him for such a time as this, it's like, I know you're talking about your fucking death fetishing end times cult Your death fetishizing Jesus returning to the motherland. To kill everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Bring on the apocalypse. Yeah. Pretty much. God answered our prayers, our millions of prayers, and gave us grace. And a miracle happened on on November 8, 2016. We were given a second chance and time granted to get our country back on track with our conservative values and getting people saved in Jesus' name. No. With Donald Trump leading the charge in that area? The porn star Somebody who's been married how many times? Three, three or four different times. And has never been faithful to any of them. Yeah, he's <laughs> cheated on them all. Yeah, he's, he's cheated he's on all of them. paid hush money to, to porn stars who he's had affairs with. Lies, he threatens Doesn't pay people. his taxes. Yeah. No, just, he's a fucking monster. And this is who God sends to save the conservatives? I mean, I thought Donald Trump was a con man before he became president, so. He was. Yeah, yeah. for sure. As I stand before you today, I see the greatest president in history. <laughs> no. Wow. By what measure? Like number of number of associates who are indicted and spend time in prison? Uh, yeah. Highest number of scandals? Longest, thinnest hairs. <laughs> yes. Uh, right. Yeah. The orangest of presidents? Yes, definitely that. Of course he is. He was chosen by God. No. <sighs> so, I bet I bet Lincoln dead and laying in his corpse for in his in his casket. With dead his head, and laying in his corpse. Yeah. 
in his casket with his head blown apart for more than 150 years has more hair on that scalp than Donald Trump does. <laughs> I just, I, I don't like how to like really how do conservatives reconcile what Donald Trump is as a person and what he does with that Be, being Christ-like and because God being chosen by God to lead them into the future. Because Jesus was a flawed man. So Jesus. No, he wasn't. So, well, but God's going to hand us a flawed Jesus was man. not flawed. Jesus was perfect. But he hung out with the prostitutes. There's only been one man who was who was perfect, and that Donald was Jesus. Trump. Oh, yeah. I think it no, depends I, on who He you was ask. fully God and fully man, but he was perfect. I think the big reason is because they don't know a lot of this stuff because they watch Fox News, who, mm. and they don't or, report any of this stuff. Yeah. And they, the other the other thing, you know, it's like you take the good with the bad, that kind of attitude. It's like <laughs> he he's doing a, all of these good conservative things, but. He's, you know, kind of a flawed package for all of these, this goodness. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I. But like from our point of view, he's politically fucked. He's morally bankrupt. You know, he's all, the, but at least they think they agree with his politics. We don't have that. So for us, he's like, he just top to bottom fucked. They, they think yeah. he's a man of God, but. I don't think they think that. They I think, think some he's do. Appointed of God. I know. I think some think he's a godly man, mm-hmm. which is a weird thing in itself, too, right? That the people that think he's appointed of God, but not a godly person himself. Yeah, that, that yeah. is kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, like I think. But why would God choose this imperfect yeah. instrument? This guy that doesn't even doesn't even do the basic stuff that I tell you, like doesn't go to church or read the Bible or anything. Well, maybe that kind of plays into the whole narrative that they that they not necessarily promote, but that they find all around them anyway, right? Is that we see Catholic priests and bishops and yeah. cardinals who are molesting, you know, kids and moving pedophiles around and raping nuns. We see church leaders who are interviewing young children without their parents around about mm-hmm. their sexual thoughts and who are molesting children. We see, I mean, we see this kind of awful ugliness around us all the time from people who are supposedly appointed and chosen by God. And, but then you hear them make the claim I've heard where they go, So he well, just kind of fits the mold as a, little bit. a really shitty person that be- believes or is promoting the same things we want. Well, I've heard people make the claim hmm. saying, well, that's because that priest is a mortal, flawed human being. He can't right. ha- he can't control that. It's those kids shouldn't have been so fucking sexy. <laughs> well, I mean, and and this all he just couldn't yeah. control himself. This all goes back to like the same thing with Joseph Smith too. Like you know, it always comes back to like, well, why why did God pick such a fucking obvious con man? Why mm. why did he use Joseph Smith? Why did somebody who we can literally look back and say he's that guy man. is a bad person? Like he's mm. not a good dude. Uh, just immediately destroying your own credibility for this whole thing you're trying to establish by picking the this guy, and it's the, the same swindler. problem here. As do you like, think it's? Do you think it's like the same thing? Like where where a bunch of conservatives and redneck people, you know, pe- people red staters, they're not they're not poor, they're not middle class, they're just failed millionaires. Like there's that whole there's that whole belief, right? That oh yeah, I'll be I in could be a mind, millionaire. In their own mind, yeah, in their own mind. I could be a millionaire one day too. It could work for me. Yeah. It could work for me and and you know, I could be president. I could do anything. I mean, look how fucked up this guy is. <laughs> He's president. <laughs> look at look at all these people who are uh, failed and flawed and fuck up all the time and they they lead these 
lives as celebrities or as, you know, religious leaders. And sure, they fuck up all the time, but they still have God in their heart and they're trying to do the right thing, but they're just tempted by the devil. It's the dogma, right? That's yeah, the well, problem. Like yeah. the, 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 they behave dogmatically about their pol political leaders the same way they do about their religious yeah. leaders. Like mm. th this, they, they've somehow they've been sold this bill of goods by, you know, billionaire businessmen like Trump that the policies that work good for me and my billionaire buddies are also going to be good yeah. for you. We need you to buy that. So we can continue to have these policies that favor us because mm. you need to vote for them. We can't, well, there's not enough of us and somehow they've all bought into it. And, and there's like this dogma between the leaders that really re be between the voters and the leaders that really represent these conservative ideas. They're like, Oh yeah, he's pushing all of these good ideas, even though he himself is kind of like this vessel that doesn't really represent all of our ideas, but politically He's pushing all of this stuff. So, so in that sense, he's he doing all great. the things we want yeah, him to it, do. Well, and in fact, Trump is doing it more and he's doing it like in your face. Yeah. He's more dogmatic he, he's about it. Really just, he's, he's really up there pushing, saying all the stuff we talk about with each other and makes it sound exactly like one of my buddies, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and so that's where that dogma bridges that gap. Mm-hmm. And I honestly kind of wonder if it's, you know, that, that 400 pound person sitting in their trailer collecting their food stamps and welfare checks that just think, well, we just need God to return. We need Donald Trump to be in there. We need a godly man in there, someone appointed by God and everything's going to be fixed. It's going to be yeah. all right. I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to make up. Everything's going to be all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to, he's going to fix all my problems just like Jesus would, mm -hmm. but he's, he's going to make it worse for you because you're going to lose that. Check. They literally don't know that that's n not republic. Uh, re they don't. They seriously don't think about how Medicare and Social Security and welfare and all that stuff is political. They don't yeah. even think about the fact that that's politics. Or like, they 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 have no idea what party that's connected to or what's going to benefit. They just think that's there forever. Like and, that's a thing you can get is welfare. And they're going to rail against the party that wants to keep that more solid and make sure that you do have that welfare net. Because they don't it. realize. They don't even realize that the they don't Democrats know where it comes will, from yeah, exactly. how, it, how it was instituted. They don't even think it's about maintained. it. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Their, it's well, just their money that they get. Yeah. It's just like here in Utah, when, uh, what do we have? They said they're like a $1.1 $1 billion surplus right now or some crazy number. But yet they're still looking at slimming down the budget in the state and they want to expand Medicare because they're like, we don't have the money. I'm like, well, there's a fucking surplus right there. Mm -hmm. You have the money to pay for it. You just won't fucking do it. Mm hmm. Well, why would we? We have we have religious organizations that can step in and help people. No. Right. And that's that's yeah. going to happen. Some jackass on Facebook. I got in a, I got in a little bit of an argument back and forth. Uh, some asshole had posted a story from 2016 or 2017. We talked about it when it, when it came out about okay. the LDS church donating $10 million to help build homeless shelters or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> which we figured is like point. Yeah. Less I than, mean, uh -huh. it's a 1%. drop. It's a, it's, it's a half of a, it's a half of 1% of 1% of 1% yeah. of a drop <laughs> into this bucket of money. Uh, yeah. that the LDS church takes in annually mm -hmm. and he's trumpeting this as, oh, this is so great. The LDS church has done wonderful things for people. Yeah. And this, you know, the story is, was at least a year, if not two yeah, years, years old. Ago, yeah. And then he made some shitty comments about, oh yeah, but atheists of Utah, you know, 
why don't they ever do anything like this? And, and so, and he tagged Atheist in yeah. Utah in it. So I get a notification. And so I go out and look and I'm like, well, who's this fucking clown? And why, like, how do I know him? Why is he, what the fuck is going on here? So then I, you know, I go and read the story, see that it's way old, see a bunch of his shitty, like super passive aggressive comments that were addressed to uh, somebody who listens to the show. Sorry, Chad. <laughs> and, and Chad had made some comments. And, uh, so I also responded on there. And the, I mean, it was just the guy who posted it is just like the biggest prick. Like he's yeah. just an asshole. I, I, I would be really curious to see if you took, if you took the total worth of the LDS church and figured out what percentage that 10 million represents and then compared that to what percentage of atheists of Utah that is charitable mm -hmm. and see actually which one is, you know, if it is even comparable, well, yeah. well, I mean, but, but the, the, ultimately the truth is the one thing we know for sure is that we can use churches instead of social programs because they obviously do all of that charitable work or else how else could they justify their tax exemption? So, well, yeah, well, oh, and, because they don't get a file. <laughs> well, and, and my, that, was, that was a really long one yeah, joke that did, punchline yeah. didn't really hit. But. Well, one of my, one of my comments, I think it might've been my first comment was something along the lines of, you know, I'm sure that if atheists of Utah was requiring, you know, everybody in the, in the state who was an atheist to pay 10% oh, yeah, yeah. of their income to us. And then that we were also bringing in income from a bunch of our business ventures uh -huh. that we would have absolutely no problem whatsoever donating much, much more yeah. out of the billions of dollars that we take in annually, just, just donating $10 million one year, one time. Yeah. Also, give that up. would be no fucking problem at all. We would be donating billions of dollars, not $10 million. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, also, give us a century to build because, this up. Yeah, because we don't build temples. We nope. don't build churches. We don't build steakhouses. We don't uh, – everybody who works in the organization, it's an all-volunteer yep. thing. No, You know, the, the church or atheists of Utah doesn't pay salaries and living expenses for, you know, an army of people. We don't send out people proselytizing and on missions. Like, none of that fucking happens. But if atheists of Utah brought in billions of dollars per year, fuck yeah, we would be donating yeah. most of it yeah. to charity. Yeah. Because yeah. we don't have to build places of worship and maintain all that bullshit and take advantage of people. Yep. You probably just like, have to pay an accountant. Like, he, he was just an, <laughs> uh, he was just such a snotty fucking prick about the whole thing, too. Uh, anyway, uh, let's talk about some other things. Okay. Other things. I got to look up pictures of Damp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Hi, this is Dr. Hector Garcia, author of Alpha God, and you are listening to Godless Revolution. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. What did you bring for us this week, Matthew? Uh, this comes from Snopes. Ooh, Snopes. A popular meme in March question, well, this month questioned, uh, <laughs> it, it literally says March, 2019, uh, questioned why Bill Clinton had, uh, paid Paula Jones, 850,000 to go away, quote unquote, yet the FBI hadn't raided his lawyer's office staying true to form. Trump supporters have oversimplified a point and they never understood to begin with. Mm-hmm. 
The meme was an obvious reference to two completely unrelated issues separated by decades. The 1994 lawsuit involving Bill Clinton and a search warrant executed by the FBI in April 2018 at the office of President Donald Trump's attorney, Michael Cohen. In short, the major differences in the cases referred to uh, by the meme, one of which involved the FBI raid on the lawyer's office and the other not were as follows. Clinton openly paid Paula Jones $850,000 to settle a sexual harassment lawsuit well after he became president and well after Jones had a chance to air her allegations to the public press and court system. While Trump secretly used an intermediary to pay hush money to porn actress Stormy Daniels just ahead of his presidential election in order to keep her allegations that she had an affair with him from reaching the public and influencing the election results against him. Those mm -hmm. are two very, yeah. very, very, very mm -hmm. different things. One was done publicly and one was done in the shadows mm -hmm. to make sure you didn't find out so it didn't look negative. And then he lied about it repeatedly yeah. afterward. Uh, nothing Clinton did in settling Jones's civil lawsuit was illegal or even potentially illegal. But Trump's payment of hush money to Daniels through his lawyer was possibly an illegal act on the part of Trump and or Cohen, hence the raid on the latter's office, but not the office of Clinton's lawyer. So this claim is false. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just wanted to clear the air because I'm sure that's going to be going around forever. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. So yeah. if you see that, refer to that. But her emails, yeah. But her emails, yeah. Mm. Well, they did it. So why was it okay for them to do it? Yeah, our guy does it, and all of a sudden it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, so so tell me what you you don't have a problem with Bill Clinton doing it, and you don't have a problem with Donald Trump, or you should have a problem with both of them. I'm like, what it. what the yeah. fuck are you even talking about? Yeah, I, I hate that line. It's like, okay, yeah, I agree. That person did something wrong. It doesn't make it right for another person to do the same wrong thing, and have it be okay for them to do it. Yeah, it's either I think... it's either wrong. Or or not wrong. I think I think what where that's coming from is this the attitude of persecution. Yeah, that's like the entire system is set up against us, mm -hmm. against us and Trump. Mm -hmm. So the Clintons can do whatever they want, but if Trump does the same thing, he gets his attorney raided. That's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> because the that's Clintons what, are part of the inside group. And yeah, they exactly. Get all the special treatment. I think and, that's the point mm -hmm. they're trying to make. Yeah. The Illumina, the elite. Mm -hmm. Which, that's what yeah. I, The global yeah. elites. Yeah. I, I, all, all the people that are better than us. <laughs> yeah. Which I never it's get. Such a weird insult. <laughs> and I still feel people say it like. Yeah, weird flex, bro. Yeah. Trump, <laughs> Trump's not one of them. Like what? He's not one of them rich billionaires that has paid off people and tried to get stuff, paid for stuff politically? He is that person. He is the person who used to pay those fucking people. Uh-huh. He's exactly that. Yeah. He is. The definition it's of the being poster child, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, before he was the main problem, he was a part of, of the, the problem. problem. Yeah, yeah. So when people keep saying, well, they just don't like him because he's not one of them Washington insiders. Like, no, <laughs> he's the guy that paid the Washington insiders. <laughs> he was a Washington insider. insider. Yeah. He, and now he's more of a Washington, Washington yeah. insider. Now because he's Washington. He's in Washington, yeah. And now instead of collecting money from his buddies in Washington, he just collects it from foreign governments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What else you got for us? Uh, speaking of that and the comparisons, the bad comparisons they make, um, this comes from author Matthew Boose, B-O-O-S-E. And there is not a lot about this guy on the internet. Matthew Boose? So, like, is it like a fake name or is it just nobody, nothing on this no, guy? No, I don't. I don't think it's fake. I just think that he hasn't done a lot of stuff. Okay. But hmm. he... Uh, 
He's an author for AmericanGreatness.com. Okay. That, yeah. And already uh, sounds sketchy. It sounds week, Russian. A weekly columnist at the Conservative Institute. Oh, yeah. He's super not, sketchy. He sounds super Russian. So um, this is just an excerpt. And so there's a couple of lines in here that I will accentuate. So just keep keep in mind these phrases he uses. Okay. Uh, for all the talk on the left about love and tolerance, it's getting impossible to ignore the evidence presented to our senses, which screams that the left is hard-hearted and hateful. Okay. Okay. So that's mm. For the left, grace is not to be found. Ah, okay. In any world above, and it's simply, it, and its supply is precious in this world, too. The redemptive power of love is absent on the left. Huh. Where there is only vengeance and bitter recrimination. Recrimination. This so, this sounds like so much projection, <laughs> right? So here's here's the funny part, right? Leftists might not think of themselves as members of a religion, but their ideology uh, surely resembles one. Mm-hmm. Sure. Hard-hearted and hateful. Mm-hmm. Grace not to be found. Yeah. <laughs> You're, you're, you're Redemptive using... <laughs> power of love is absent. Vengeance. What? They sure resemble a religion. Uh-huh. This guy's a conservative and very likely a Christian religion, religious person. I sure sounds oh, like yeah. it. Yeah. Th- th- I, He's this using is so all funny. Christian I, phrases. Yeah. yeah. I, I know, but is it, we talk about this too when, when like God, God debates, right? Well, they say, well, you're, you have faith too. Like that's a bad thing. Right. You're the one arguing for faith. <laughs> yeah. Well, every you have faith in this and this and this is just as bad. What are you talking about bad? Yeah. Again, weird flex, bro. Like, yeah. So here's, yeah, here again, we have this where you, the thing you do is bad. He's like, literally telling us that religions are exactly what we say they are. <laughs> mm hmm. Except mine, of course. Yeah. Right. Redem- the redemptive power of love is absent. Mm hmm. So Jesus is null and void, and totally irrelevant. Mm-hmm. No redemptive power of love on, mm. in religion. Mm. Right, right, right. Crazy. Uh, like, why would you publish that? Even, uh, e- even if you wrote it, like reread that and go, oh shit. Because there's there, they I, paid him seems, ten cents. Well, and it just seems like there are a lot of people who are just completely incapable of any sense of self reflection. Right. That mm-hmm. that they can't for one second. Stop to think about how what they say, and you've mentioned this before, Matt, that the what they say and do could be turned against them mm-hmm. as easily as they're saying the shit about other people. Yeah, like, and it's almost always on the right. Yeah, yeah. On the political right. I think I think that's why people on the left are are tree huggers, you know, uh yeah. bleeding heart liberals, uh, you know, all these all these soft feminine yeah. phrases, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote feminine mm-hmm. yeah. phrases care, that are, that are used. Yeah, because I think because the people on the left think more. They're thinking more about they're more empathetic. Like yeah. what would it well, how would this affect that person? Oh, we got to make sure that, you know, all races are involved here. We got to, you know, and and so you're trying to come up with a well more rounded approach and so you, you know, you end up well this this solution isn't going to be that good because this corner of the people over here that I know about are going to really be negatively affected by that and we can't, you know, we don't want to do that. Where people on the right are looking for strong decisive leadership whether it's right or not. Mm-hmm. Just make a decision, that's all they care about. Mm. Make some de- make any decision. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it should be easy because it's either good or bad. There's no new Yeah, there's nothing else. Yeah, exactly. There is no there is no other option. Yeah. Yeah, nothing to consider but yourself. 
Maybe your immediate not, family. Yeah. Sometimes not even yourself. Yeah. Oftentimes they voted for Trump. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, he came with an R. Uh huh. Yeah. It's got an R by his name. So an that's R, all that really matters. An R for wrong. He plays for my team. That's all I care about. Actually, that leads perfectly into this. I know you have another, th- I know you have things to get to. No, this please. You should be quick. But I just, I put this together. I was thinking a couple of weeks ago, which dovetails, I think, into exactly what we're talking about. And it's like, it's just a little would you rather. Uh, thought experiment, political okay. edition. So the idea is, would you rather have a conservative or a liberal person? And I'll give you a bunch of situations and you say, which, which one you, would you rather have a conservative or a liberal on your parole board? If you were a prisoner trying to be released liberal. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. Right. As your local baker, if you're gay and looking for a wedding cake, liberal yeah. as the only group of people on a dark street and you're black liberal. Yeah. <laughs> As your small town neighbors and you're an immigrant wanting to be free to practice your strange religion. Liberal. As your governing body and you're a slave. Liberal. As your doctor, if you are a woman needing a sensitive procedure to remove a uterine parasite that will continue to grow and require (laughs) more and more from you, possibly leading to your death. Conservatives just think that any bit down there is icky anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, As the one deciding if you can adopt a child. Oh, yeah. As your pharmacist, if you need birth control. As your party's DJ. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was thinking about country music, and yeah, I would definitely oh, want a, yeah, a, a liberal yeah. DJ, even. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even though it would be weird. Um, creating your child's science curriculum. Yeah. Being a foreign dip- diplomat. The mm-hmm. person in charge of setting tax rates. Local police officers. Making labor laws. Uh, what? The list goes yeah, on, and on, on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I guess I hadn't really thought about it in the, exactly those terms, but yeah. Who, who would I want representing my interests and in, not even just my interests, but just of people in general. Right. Who's, who's going to be more compassionate, more empathetic, yeah. more yeah, yeah, thoughtful that's what the, yeah, that's in the, what they're doing. Exactly what that points out, like on the parole board, as far as police officers, you know, neighbors and all that kind of stuff. You want somebody who's going to think about more than one side or two mm-hmm. sides, you know, um, somebody who isn't a black and white thinker. Mm-hmm. Well, so, do you remember that case? I think I thought it was here. I can't remember what happened. Where the lady was, uh, she was, she had to have a C-section and she had re- requested her ovaries be removed during the C-section because she had had complications in the past and she's had difficult births. So she's like, I don't want to risk getting pregnant again. So could you please do a hysterectomy while you mm. already got me open up and everything. I think you mean hysterectomy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they're they all like, yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. She goes through, has a C-section, she comes out of it, and she's in the, the room all stitched up. They're like, sorry, we couldn't give you a hysterectomy. It's against our beliefs. Uh, yeah. It's like, <sighs> when you said you would do what I requ- the medical procedure I requested because she had a bad history of childbirth in the past, which is why she had to have a C-section and she didn't want to risk it again. Yeah. And they would not do it because it's, to them, kind of like a form of future abortion. We're not going to take away your baby-making factory. Yeah, I know it's yeah. really, really hard for a lot of women. Like, if even if they never want to have children mm. and they've got problems in the downstairs mm-hmm. area, they're, it's, it's really, really difficult for them to talk any doctor into performing a hysterectomy Especially for them. in... The state or even just to tie their tubes. Yeah. And, and the thing, and the thing is it shouldn't, it shouldn't even matter if there are plumbing problems, right? Like they, they should, uh, a perfectly healthy 
well, you know, woman who's in her right mind that's considered yeah. this should be able to walk yeah. in and say, I, I don't want, want this kids. procedure. Yeah. You know, I'm prepared to pay for whatever. And my body, I, I get to yeah. do with it what I want. Like, you're, yeah. you're my doctor. You can advise me, but this is my decision. Ultimately, this is what yeah. I want to do. I, I had a friend that he wanted to get his, uh, you know, get snipped. Mm-hmm. And he went into the doc and he was going through the whole thing. The doctor asked him, how many kids do you have? Mm-hmm. And he said, I told him, like, I got one kid. Mm-hmm. Like, well, we should hold off on this. I'm not going to perform this because you might want it reversed. He's like, no, I don't want, I don't want any more. We want, we both agreed. Me and my wife agree. We want one kid. And he said, the doctor said, no, I will not perform this on you because you've only had one kid. And we, I, I wonder, uh, sorry, I keep talking every time Dan wants to say, no, you're fine. <laughs> I, I wonder how much of this comes from insurance company regulations too. I mean, we, we say a lot about the first level of the medical care, you know, uh, profession, the doctors and the pharmacists. And stuff. Well, I, I, I just don't know if, if, you know, bean counters and, and greasy lawyers that work for the insurance companies are up there setting, you know, telling the doctors exactly what you can't, no. you know, here's what you can and can't do. I, I would, I would, I know there's individual stuff happening with yeah. doctors too, but I just don't know. I would think your insurance would encourage you to get snipped or have that procedure done. Cause then you're not making an insurance claim when you have a kid. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I just don't they know. They get to keep more of their money. It costs way less to get snipped than it does to have a kid. Yeah. And the insurance pays out way more for a kid. Well, when, when my ex-wife and I, uh, had our, had, had Lydia, um, my ex-wife, you know, said, well, since I'm going to be getting, it was similar to the story you just mm-hmm. told where she's like, well, I'm going to have to have, the baby C-section because Lydia decided she was going to just be sideways the whole time. (laughs) Um, But so we had to have Lydia C-section or my wife, my ex-wife had to have her C-section and told the doctor, you know, before the, before, before the whole deal, like, well, while you're in there, would you just tie my tubes? Because this will be our second kid and we're we're done. done. We don't want any more kids. And he said, well, you know, I really don't like to do that, especially with somebody as young as you are. You know, what if, what if something, you know, God forbid happens to one of your kids and you want more want to replace it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which want, I, yeah. In case which, you want a replacement kid. Which, you know, and back then, like our running joke together, living in, in the neighborhood with a bunch of little kids around was, you know, you could always tell the, the Mormon family's kids because they were the ones outside we're wearing nothing but a diaper and yeah. with no adult supervision yeah. around because. Yeah. They just think their kids can be replaced. Like, oh, if, <laughs> if something happens to that one, we'll just have another one. You know, no big deal. Just bring the body draped over we've both got, arms. We've got eight already. It's going to, you know, we didn't have more. No here's, big deal. Here's Mikey the third. We're only going to be losing, you know, 10 to 15% of the family. So yeah. it's no big deal. And, and we can make more. We'll make up for it. I need another one. Mine's busted. <laughs> and, you know, so that was that was our little yeah. running joke together at the time. Well, and, and there's also there's also some sort of cultural thing about not watching or t- or teaching kids within Mormondom as well. They just let them run anywhere, all yeah. over the libraries, yeah. you know, whatever. There's just never any real kind of supervision, real guidance anyway. or supervision or parenting. Tangent, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, so we were both like, well, no, you know, we we know we we don't want to have any more kids. Yeah. Like, if something happens to one of the kids that we do have or will have, then we will mourn them. Yeah. And be sad, but, but we're, not we're still not going to want any more kids. Yeah. Like, this is it. And ultimately, he ended up talking us into, instead of her getting her tubes tied, 
me getting a vasectomy because they're more easily reversed mm-hmm. than a tubal ligation. So. But still, if she's mm. making the request to have her tubes tied. Right, it should be up to her. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like she's acting, asking for her kidney to be fucking removed. Yeah. Well, and, and the whole deal was, you know, I'm going to be having a C-section anyway. I'm going to be cut open. Yeah. I'm going to be in pain. You're, it's going to be, in, you know, I'm in a hospital. Like, let's just. You're there. While you're there, while you're there changing the transmission. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's, let's, let's why, get why this other deal taken bearings? care of. Right. Right. And, <laughs> and he, he didn't refuse, but he, he very much encouraged us to have me in, get a vasectomy instead. In a subtle way, he refused. Sort of. Yeah. Like, I don't know if we would have kept pushing. But it was just, I don't know, we were young and dumb also. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. Cause boy, that looks like it's going to be painful for mm-hmm. you. So I would have been like, well, no, you're going to tie her tubes and snip my vasectomy. Cause that gives us a better chance of double fucking up. <laughs> double covered. Snip, yeah. Snip his vasectomy. Yeah. Yep. The, well, yeah. they kind of, they burn, don't they? Don't they burn the ends or what do they do? Well, there are a couple. So, well, I don't know. I don't want to know about this. I don't, <laughs> I don't, well, I don't know about the current procedures, you know, back when I had it done 20 some odd years ago, uh, there were two different procedures. There's one where you can get a small incision, uh, above and next to, or, you know, above each test, yeah. above each testicle. Oh. And then they'll pull the vast tube out okay. and oh. cut a section out. And then they cauterize the ends and tie them off and put it back in. Or you can have. The less invasive thing done, which yeah, is one. what I had, uh, where they they basically poke a hole at the base of your penis. Oh, fuck that! On the underside, and then they take this tool that stretches it out, like they they insert this thing and it and stretches this, the hole out. And this is less invasive. <laughs> it's yeah, less really. well, it's it's le- like you don't have to have two sets of stitches. It's just one small like yeah, but they're I gauging. Think, your I don't dick. even know if I. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I don't think I even had any stitches. Like I just had oh, a wow. band aid. What? So, you got a band aid on your dick neck? So they. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Right at a turtleneck. <laughs> <laughs> so they. So they do. They, they basically just make a small hole and then they stretch it out. The the worst thing was when they let it go. Does it sound they, like a balloon? Like they then <laughs> they then take forceps and reach in and grab the vast tube and pull uh, it out and then give you a shot in the vast oh, tube to fuck numb it. That. So. So yeah, like the whole time until oh. they put the numbing shot into the vast tube, it's just like somebody railing your balls the whole fucking time. Yeah. So I had a, the duck gave me a, a Valium before. And mm. so that was nice. Yeah, like I've, I'd imagine I've, people would be squirming all over. Yeah. I'd never had Valium before. And, oh yeah. and this was just an, you know, as in office procedure. Yeah. And so he gave me the Valium and, and went in and had all this done. But yeah. While he's in there rooting around for the vast tube and then pulls it out and then gives you a shot in that and then cuts out a little section of it, like, like little quarter inch section of the vast tube and then cauterizes each end and then ties a knot in each end and Mm. puts it back in (laughs) and then grabs the other one and pulls it out and gives you a shot in it and does the same Uh, thing. It's like a cartoon, you know, tying the knot. (laughs) <laughs> but like I could smell the burning as he's yeah. cauterizing oh, yeah, the ends, yeah. and then on the table I can see the the t- like it looked like. I'm two glad little... you said burning because I was really concerned where that was going to go. <laughs> the two little it just opens it up like and I noodles. can smell. <laughs> it yeah. looked like the two little like yeah two, two little bits of spaghetti. There's like two Angel little hair. quarter inch sections of spaghetti sitting on mm. the little silver table with the white paper laid on it. Yeah. Yeah, they, they they gave me the same Damn. drug for my uh when I had my eyes done. Uh-huh. Didn't do shit. Oh yeah. 
I was still fucking in there, like, freaking the fuck out. I'm like, I thought this Valium was supposed to calm me the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> you had to have your eye noodles clipped? Yeah. No, when I, when I had my LASIK. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's still freaky as fuck. I can... Whoever, if anybody ever tells you you don't see anything going on when they do that to you, they're fucking lying. <laughs> Maybe it was all in your head. No, I could see them scrubbing my eyeball. <laughs> oh, yeah. I couldn't feel it, but I could see it. Yeah. It was fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and then afterward, like they tell you after you have a vasectomy that you're not supposed to lift anything heavy. You're yeah. supposed to take it easy for a little while. Don't want to bust a nut. But, you know, the recovery time for the thing that I had done is much less, whatever. Okay. Uh, but. I did it like six months after Lydia was born, and you got a okay, baby. I came home afterward, and she came running over, and I picked her up, and yeah, something something went Squirted. something went haywire, and did my right bro- testicle swelled up to about the size. It was a little bigger. It was a little smaller than a softball. You yeah, didn't have ramen my, coming out of your band-aid, did you? No. No. And then my, my left one swelled up also. But, like, both of my testicles were about the size of a softball each. And, like, it's like black that episode of South Park. And purple. Yeah, like. What? Yeah, super bruised. Black? And they, swel- they swelled up. up and, yeah. I had to. So yours aren't normally black. No, not normally. <laughs> so I. But I remember whenever. So like that happened. And then for like the next three or four days, anytime I went to sit down, I had to grab my junk and like put it on my lap and then put ice on it. So I would, I would have to scoop my junk up onto my lap and put ice on it when I sat down. If, if I knew you at the time, my two giant balls, I would have gotten you a tiny little toy uh, wheelbarrow. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of felt like Randy, like, Like years later when that episode of yeah. South Park came out where he's got the giant <laughs> testicles to get the in a wheelbarrow, weed. I was like, oh, that's kind of how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I accept. I wish I could have just bounced. bounced around on him like, like he did in that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we got two more short stories uh, to wrap out the evening. We'll do those in just a second. This is Natalie Newell of Science Moms and the Parenthetical Science Podcast. You are listening to The Godless Revolution. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! The first of the last two stories we will do this evening involves our old pal, Rick Wiles. Is he our pal? No. He ain't never bought me a birthday <laughs> present. He just seems to get more nutty as the years progress. Well, now he's allowed to be nuttier with the audience that's been created. Well, and this is, I mean, this harkens back to shit that I heard when I was little, like during the satanic panic and stuff about, oh, everybody's going to be, you know, you'll have a barcode on you. You'll be implanted. Then when they started coming out with like RFID and Bluetooth, then, you know, the Christians all lost their fucking mind. Oh, this is it. This is the end times. It's coming to pass. We're all going to be marked. We're all going to be tracked and blah, blah, blah. Just freaking out about stupid, ridiculous shit, right? Like, oh no, new technology. It's of the devil. Speaking of new technology, where we were shooting at this last week in Salt Lake, mm-hmm. had 5G service. It was great. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well. Yeah. You have a, you don't have 5G on your phone, do you? you it know? was, I was said 5G on my phone as I was down there. Oh, wow. Well, that's interesting. So it was the first time I seen it pop up. Hmm. 
Interesting. I didn't know that uh, your phone was capable of that. I That's guess cool. it is. Fantastic. Yours isn't? No. No, mine's better. Well, <laughs> only in, only until I upgrade to the next phone. <laughs> uh, but this is comes to us from Right Wing Watch. It says, Rick Wiles, your phone company is creating the Mark of the Beast system. Which, yeah. Uh, End Times broadcaster Rick Wiles is currently in Barcelona, Spain. This is from the end of February, so I've had this one in our queue for a little bit. Uh, covering the Mobile World Congress, where he witnessed a session yesterday during which a man had an RFID microchip implanted in his skin and another person used an implanted chip to make a financial transaction. As someone who is convinced that the return of Jesus Christ is imminent, Wiles predictably freaked the fuck out. Doesn't say that. I, I added the fuck out. Uh, freaked out about having supposedly just witnessed people voluntarily accepting the mark of the beast that is foretold in the book of Reg of reg Revelation. I was going to say regulation. Oh. But no, it's it's revelation. Uh, uh, I never. I mean, I haven't read all of Revelation, but I guess I missed the part where they talk about RFID tags. Oh well, you have to read between the lines, Ryan. Oh, they were for they were foretelling about the stuff. They just didn't know that we would call RFID chips. Do I need to do that funny thing where like you put lemon juice on it and like hold a, uh, a candle below it to get what's between the lines to actually become visible? Oh, because they had written, no, they had written in lemon juice. Oh yeah. Yeah. So then, now I got to yeah. do the, the, the candle thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I just hold a candle to my Bible then mm -hmm. to reveal those in between words. The secret messages. Okay. I got you. Super, I won't tell anybody. Super double secret messages. Yeah. I'll be sure to keep it a secret. <laughs> 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 okay uh rather than read any more of the story we'll just go right to the video to hear what this uh looney has to say uh, hey, we are we blowing the whistle on what the mobile phone industry is doing i'm telling you they're setting up the mark of the beast system and you need to be alarmed you need to you need to tell your phone company that you are going to resist it unto death you have to resist it unto death. Wait a second. Are the, oh is the phone my. company forcing this on people? Yeah. And, and, and look at his two friends. They're both <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Actually, I want that guy in the middle. I want his beard. Yeah, he's got a really nice beard. He's got a good yeah, beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, okay, so I'm, I'm, I need to get this straight here. So they're at uh -huh. a world mobile like tech thing. Right. And the guy got the RFID. That's devil magic. <laughs> voluntarily implanted in him. It was his idea. Uh -huh. And he did a financial transaction with it. Uh -huh. He didn't make a fucking phone call with it. <laughs> so shouldn't he be saying. Well, but it's mobile technology, Ryan. Yeah, but shouldn't he be saying the banks want to put the mark of the beast in you to. Because well, my debit card has an RFID tag in it. Well, and like I said, it's not like the phone companies are saying, you have to have yeah, this yeah. chip implanted in you in order to use our products or service. And right. they're, that's not what's fucking happening here. No. And that's not even to use a phone. Pro it's just. It, no, it's, it's a completely different it's thing. It's a completely different thing. Yeah. You have to do this. this. This, There is no choice in this. There is no gray area. This isn't like, well, I don't, if I don't feel. No, this is. The guy on the left looks super skeptical, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. He's just like cocking one eyebrow like, what the fuck are you talking he, about? He is giving him the what the fuck look, and his hair is giving him the what the fuck look too. <laughs> Even the guy in the middle is like, eh, you sound a little bit crazy here, Rick. This is life or death. You have to resist it 
Anybody who receives the mark of the beast shall be cast into the lake of fire. How does he... What makes him? What it makes him believe that this is the mark of the beast anyway? That's a good question. And what says that person didn't want to swim in a lake of fire? <laughs> you need to contact your phone company and say, "I know what you're up to. I know where you're taking us, and I am going to resist with all my might. I will not go there. If you think you're going to drag me into that type of of world that we're going to have a cashless system." that you're going to microchip us, that you're going to transfer payments through our phone by the contact of a microchip in my skin, I'll tell you where you can put your microchip. In my uh, ass. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, he's tried to keep up, couldn't figure out cell phones, so now he's freaking out. Now they're all evil. And I, I, can't, I don't know what it's doing. It's evil. And I mean, I got this. We all have debit cards and credit cards, and most mm. of them come with an RFID tag in it now. Mm. I have never once had to hold up my, my debit card to my phone to be like, okay, I need to make sure I put money in it. <laughs> hey, look, now there's money in my card. <laughs> no, he's just, he's cookie. It's, I don't, I, I, and you need to, I, I'm, I'm trying to follow his line of thought here, but it doesn't make any fucking sense. It's impossible. Be real blunt with the phone companies. Folks, this is this is no laughing matter. I believe that <laughs> Lucifer is preparing to re-enter the world stage again. Through that once ass. again, he will dominate this world. And because our God is so fucking weak and pathetic, there's nothing we can do about it. Yep. Yeah. And, yep. And there's yeah. nothing God could even do yeah. about it. You, yeah. know, you know what I say? If God didn't want us having RFID tags implanted in our bodies, he would have had our skin covered in RFID blockers. <laughs> yeah, what what a shitty design this God made. Yeah. I know, why is it humans always have to bring us a message, and humans always have to do the work, and humans always have to be vigilant looking out for all these crazy fucking hidden signs? <laughs> Yeah, and we need we need people like Rick Wiles out there to point out when we need to be alarmed about something. Because God's not talking to anybody directly, or maybe he's just talking to Rick Wiles directly. Well, well yeah, it is true news. Yeah. Well, right now, God is up in heaven going, Rick, I'm trying to make life easier on you by implanting an RFID tag in your hand so it makes you your grocery store experience just that much better. So that just reminded me there's a new show called Miracle Workers. Yes. I, was I started watching that, but, it, but then I had a weird chain of thoughts so that reminded me of miracle workers and then i remembered that tracy and i have had started watching jim carrey's series called kidding yeah that's have dark. you watched that that's dude? fucking dark it's really really good it's it dark and beautiful like it's super fucking dark but it's also like really raw and just very truthful and just beautiful in in a lot of the presentations that, on the show. Like, have you finished, and the scenes are amazing. Have you finished that one yet? Yes, I love how it kind of shows. I love like, the kitchen scene. Oh, when 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 the thing happens and the whole family's like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really really good show. If you haven't been watching it, you should absolutely watch it. I hadn't watched it for a long time because I was like, it's it's about a guy who does a kid's show and whatever. But it's more about how re repressing your feelings and everything, and then it all kind of blows up at once. And yeah. people trying to control his life. It's really yeah. fucking good. It's really, really good. Super dark, but also funny and heartwarming. And, and it's just, it's yeah. really good. And I really it's thought dark it was, and beautiful. I really thought his kid was going to die in it. 
Oh yeah. During that house scene when they're smoking weed. Oh yeah. I really thought he was. It was like, oh, they're gonna. Oh yeah. Fucking die. Yeah. Yeah. But the other one, that new Jesus show, Miracle Workers. Miracle Worker. Yeah. I had forgotten about it. Like I'd seen that was coming out like in like G- December or January. I remember hearing about it. And I forgot all about it. Then I saw One Million Moms was protesting. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a show I want to watch. <laughs> I've, I think we've watched three episodes, three or four episodes of that. And I'm like, it's okay. I think it's funny. I love yeah. uh, Steve Buscemi as God in it because he's just a, inept. And, yeah, yeah. I also I think it's the very first episode where he's sitting at dinner with his family and he's like the, the fucked up. Like, we gave you Earth. The easiest plant to take care of, and you keep fucking it up. And it's all like they all—they're all gods, and they all have their own worlds. Are and he's the fuck up in the family. Yeah, yeah, it's oh. it's pretty good. It's not exactly what I was expecting, and it drags on a bit. But yeah, I mean, it's it's good. But it's it's a kidding it's a, is really good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's a comedy with two dueling stories going on. It yeah for the uh, Jesus he won for the miracle workers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's hear the rest of what Rick okay. has to say. He is the God of this world. He is the one that this world is looking to. Steve? And we saw today, we heard people talking about their desire to see blood. Oh. We, <laughs> we saw them. We, Were they Christians? Don't they always fucking talk about yeah. bathing in the blood and blood of Christ yeah. is going to yeah. wash away your yeah. sins? And that That's like, it's, it's all blood ritual worship in yeah. Christianity. Yep. The people that were there, they're godless, they're Luciferian, they're devil worshippers. <laughs> Which one? Weren't you there, Rick? Waiting Is for that what this you're fucking talking about? Luciferian, demonic, satanic empire to rise up. Empire. And they're going to make war against the saints. They're going to make war against the one holy Catholic and apostolic church of God. They're coming after every <laughs> I didn't believer. know he was Catholic. And your phone either. company is involved in this. <laughs> I thought he was just your run-of-the-mill wacky evangelical whatever, yeah. guy. Yeah, that's not a not a not a Catholic apostolic preacher. What a weirdo! I'm, so so I I had heard about this story and then i just happened to be so the next the phone that i'll be upgrading to i'll be upgrading my note 8 yeah. to the note 10 when it comes out Ooh. dude it's gonna be fucking awesome <laughs> so cool a lot of the features that have been rumored to be available and shit i'm like yeah that's what i want i want one of those um but one of the one of the rumored leaks about it is that its screen size will be six point six six inches. Yeah, I saw that. Oh. I was like, I Rick Wiles been... is gonna lose his fucking mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might have been you I saw a post about that. Yeah. <laughs> it probably was. Yeah, because I posted the story out there. Yeah. Cause yeah, because I had seen this and then I've was had that on the mind and then I saw the story about their screen being six point six six inches and I was like, Oh yeah. So you're saying there are a lot of Christians that are gonna go fucking crazy. Yeah. So you're saying old Rick might be on to something. <laughs> I'm old Rick. <laughs> uh, lastly, we have Glenn Beck. This is another scene from CPAC. We haven't seen old Glenn Beck in a little while. I don't think. We've yeah, it's been a minute. Much. Yeah. It's uh, he's he's just kind of hanging back lately, I think. Not saying anything too incredibly crazy. Until he goes to CPAC, and then he's got to throw out some red meat for the crowd. Yeah. Because apparently he see, he thinks socialism is just like Friday the 13th movies. Hmm. That's an interesting comparison. Yeah. If socialism were a movie, socialism would be Friday the 13th. Because it seems to always stalk college co-eds, 
who all think that the death and violence is just a scary story that never happened, and they are so convinced that it will never happen to them that they mock the old person who the one person in town who saw it firsthand. They call him crazy, a nut who still believes in ghost stories. And then they're all dead. And then Jason, his body disappears. And only the old guy who saw it coming saw that the body is gone. It sounds what? a lot like the story of Jesus's resurrection, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And I don't remember any old guy in there telling him like, no, you, they, <laughs> they all die. <laughs> also, he's taking, he, there's, this is way too wordy. He, he, he should have, re, he should have refined this, done a lot yeah. of rewrites and cut this down because following along with, with him is it's an, it's an abstract enough idea as it is. Mm-hmm. Well, when he's got 15 minutes, only one idea, he's got to stretch it. Well, oh, and when he's true. got to go on and on about like explaining the, the core theme and the core thing that he's trying to get, but he's got to take this long route in order to get there. It's like, dude, so you, you don't know where it started and you're like, yeah. 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 And we have sequel after sequel. It happens time and again in movie theater after movie theater and country after country. Make no mistake, stop trying to hook up in some cabin in the woods and prepare, because Jason is coming. He's right behind you, and this time he's coming with a hammer and a sickle. I just got one question. I thought the Republicans were friends with the Russians. They are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of all the countries we've all, you know, we, we invade But that's them. communism, not socialism. Yeah. Fair enough. But of all the countries that we go in, we invade. He said hammer and sickle, not me. Yeah, yeah. Of all the countries we go and invade, overthrow dictators, try to put in our own form of government into them, how successful has that been? Uh, it hasn't gone really well. I we think have... we got a pretty miserable track record of actually It's not super succeeding. great. It's not awesome, for sure. Yeah. Probably C minus, maybe a D. I was going to go with an F. The big problem with the old guy in this story, which is obviously himself hmm. because he's trying to, he's standing up there. The one raising the yeah, alarm yeah, bells. Yeah. yeah. The, the big problem with it is that they don't know what the fuck they're talking about because, <laughs> because, <laughs> well, clear, clearly, yeah, because yeah. the time that they want to get back to when they were kids was a time that was set up by FDR under democratic socialist conditions. The perfect economy, the the brand new house for sixteen thousand dollars, the retirement in a gold watch, the company loyalty, the one you know single working you know one one person working in a home was more than enough to support a to yeah support a be, household yeah to yeah all of that was set up for not by Reagan that came in in nineteen eighty one the fifties and sixties were set up by FDR who was a democratic socialist mm-hmm. so but for some reason. They've gone back in their mind and rewritten that as super conservative policies and the fifties and those things are somehow connected. It well, was not, it was none of that. It was none of the conservative policies that made that time oh, good, right. good for them. Right. Absolutely. And, and they seem to, you know, not understand or realize that all of the programs that they love and that they, they aspired to be a person in these various socialist yeah. program and, and yeah. positions 
that they're, that they are social programs. You know, police, firefighters, yep, yep. military. Our fucking government. Yeah. All of these are uh-huh. social programs. And then they benefit later from these social programs later in life when they use Medicare, Medicaid, yeah. uh, Social Security. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's right there in the fucking name. It's Social it's Security. security. Well, it's and not a only, socialist program. And they all went to public school. Yeah. yeah. Well, then you got I-80. The largest interstate that cuts from east to west through yeah, this yeah, yeah. fucking country. All that kind of, all the that Eisenhower stuff. Highway that was built with the New Deal, yeah. the socialist plan to get people back on back to work and rebuild the infrastructure of this nation, which was a socialist idea. And guess what? That road needs some work again. And even, you mm-hmm. know, most of these most of these people of the older generations who have college degrees, they probably went to, you know, a university that received public funding as well so yeah. that their tuition wasn't as yeah. high mm-hmm. uh, of course well, that's being cut more and more all the time because we don't like those yeah. socialist programs i remember when a couple years ago wisconsin slashed it was like over 10 years i think they lost 50 million dollars over 10 years for state colleges mm-hmm. but yet the same year they gave 300 million dollars for the milwaukee bucks to build a new stadium yeah 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 um the, and the one, the one other big glaring problem with Beck and all these others is, is the conflation between democratic socialism and communist dictatorships. Yes. Right. And for the, anybody to think that a communist dictatorship can actually happen in this country, they forget that we have a lot of rules and regulations and a constitution that would have to be completely fucking overthrown by a vast majority of people in Congress in order for that to even consider to be happening. Yeah. And mm. so in order to get that, we have to start with a fast fascist dictatorship. Yeah. Like yeah. We have now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's not, it's not that that's obviously hyperbole, yeah. but well, and I was just thinking, you know, we've talked on several episodes about, you know, regulations that the conservatives and the GOP generally are for relaxing or removing a bunch of regulations, right? Regulations are bad. It, regulations, yeah, it, it harms stifle growth. innovation, it harms growth. Yeah. It, it, In you know, some areas they want to do that. Yeah. And, and we've talked about, you know, the regulations don't just fucking happen by themselves they don't mm-hmm. appear out of magic because or out of thin air because there was never an issue but we decided to write a regulation anyway and then i, I was just thinking with all of the shit that donald trump has done during his presidency he he's you know he's anti-regulation he wants to mm-hmm. remove regulations for a bunch of different things but his actions after he leaves office and we get somebody else in office, there's going to be all kinds of new regulations put in place yeah. because it has highlighted the need for regulations yeah. in a bunch of different places. Yeah. Even even in the office of the presidency, where I'm guessing we're going to see regulations stating that in order to become president, you have to release, release tax, tax, yeah. tax, tax information. Return, yeah. You have to... You have to. It's not just a suggestion or something that you could get in ethics issues with, but you will have to leave behind your businesses. Yeah, you yeah, can't. Yeah. You know, you'll have to set up a blind trust. Like all of the shit that he's done point to a need for regulations in those areas, right? That's yeah. why those regulations be- will be created. Yeah. And it was because other people that ran for president in the past were willing to do those because it they was were the honored right those things, thing yeah. to do. Like, yeah. And then it points to okay, yeah, some people who are decent people will will follow what is with what is a good and morally eth- and and what is in line with good having Jesus Christ, what is in line with having a good sense of morality and a good sense of ethics. And then you've got people like Donald Trump, who is a libertarian's wet dream, <laughs> yeah. and you can see why we need these types of regulations. Yep. Yeah, he he's the kind of person that just comes in and 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 is gonna go. Well, 
I'm going to do, I mean, they're not telling me I can't, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, but the he, market will decide. He, he, really. bra- he breaks all kinds of actual And then I'll just declare rules. bankruptcy when it tanks. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, he just honors nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's, I, I thought it was weird as I sat here and thought about it that, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's all against regulation, but the things that he's doing are going to ultimately, ultimately lead to more regulations yeah. because yeah. we see the need for them now. We're going to have to write new laws. We're going to have to write new things to keep this kind of heinous fuckery from happening in the future. Mm-hmm. And it's because of you fuckos that they're in place. Just Jesus like, Christ. Uh, you've been paying attention to the news here in Salt Lake about that inland port? What? No. So I've been paying attention to it for the last. An inland port. What port of? Uh, well, do you remember about a year, last year sometime? Hmm. A Utah representative who has interest in the coal companies here in the West wanted to buy a port in uh, San Francisco. Like a, like a shipping port? Like a shipping port, yeah. 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 To store coal at that was drilled from here in Utah. Hmm. And the guy had like $30 million of Utah money to buy it, which is going to benefit his coal company. But when they found out he didn't have buyers for that coal, they said, no, you're not allowed to store your coal at this port. This is for import and export. You can't buy a stall and just store your shit there. Mm. So they lost that. Now this year, Utah is trying to build an inland port in just outside of Salt Lake City. Hmm. For the storage of. For the storage of the, for the potential storage of the coal that this guy can't sell. Uh-huh. And also they're deregulating EPA regulations, which makes it easier for him just to store that coal wherever the fuck. It doesn't matter if it leaches into the groundwater and gets into your drinking water and contaminants and all that other yep. shit. Gross. Oh, and he's using state funds to help benefit his company. Of course he is. Yeah. That's why we need rules and regulations and laws. Mm-hmm. Protect us from the heinous fuckery. Yep. Uh, that'll wrap things up for tonight's episode. Before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon patrons. That would be, you get to start. Alan Firth. Who goes next? You, you go <laughs> next. New Mania. Christy Kalbach. Gathius. Larry Wilson. Stephen Andrus. Let the meat go feffy. Two skeptical chaps. Michelle Short. Vanessa. Freethinker215. Captain Samples. Utah Outcasts. Janet Uter. Marius Kat Butrakowski. Did I fuck up the order? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn it. I think I did. West of the Aaron. Andrew Vodapich. Angelica (laughs) (laughs) Prenders. Jeremy Goodson. Brandy Hamrick. Megan Kennedy. The Foz. Jeff Peterson. Jesse Pointer. Savita Kuna. Purple Dragon. And Taylor Green. Thank you all very, very much. We love you. We're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna love you Long time. Long time. Forever. Appreciate you ever so much. Are they gonna hear my piercing story? Your Angelica piercing story? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I will we have we have some cutting room floor stuff that we'll we'll put in the episode for Patreon patrons where Ryan Ryan talks more about my nipple. He speaks a little more in depth about <laughs> his nipple that is pierced <laughs> like that's that seems to be a deep piercing. It's a deep one. Yeah. Oh, it's all the way through, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean like well, like it's like they pulled it's not your out on out the tip. And, yeah. No, he just straight up he actually spread it apart and went straight uh, through. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's video out there. It's on my Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We, we we talk a bit more about that and some other things that I'll throw in there as, as from the cutting room floor extras. 
So thank you all very much. And until next week, crucified technophobes. Leave a review and we'll see if you can swim. (laughs) (laughs) And write the show five times a day toward the Mech of the Beast. (laughs) 